Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. All right, let's roll. The Monday afternoon meltdown has begun. Game time decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio. I am Gabriel Moretz. He's alongside the raging redhead, Cam Stewart. As uh, the championships are done, Alexander Ovechkin's party is uh, continuing uh, right now. <laughs> See them in the pool? This guy's going harder than I did uh, when I finished eighth place in a super contest. <laughs> I see. I see. Him the guy went two days, and I, I was like, "All right, I'm done." I'm You're ready. throwing money around, and Ovechkin and the Capitals are like diving in shallow pools, and yeah, no, it looks like they're having a great time. I'm envious. It looks awesome. He's pretty much doing what you and I would do if we won the lottery. Exactly. <laughs> He's not going to stop either. If you won the lottery, like, uh, would you come in? Would you be coming in today? Like, if you won the lottery this weekend, I'm guessing no. I'm guessing probably no. But know what the worst is? I think of you in the back of my head, despite me being a millionaire, going pussy radio show host. You're so weak. <laughs> I just have your voice going there. I go. I've well, always told I better people, show up and tell Moretzi I won the lottery. You know I would. I'd, I'd show I up you, to you, do the you'd show. You'd be rich and do the show. I'd show up to do the show. <laughs> and uh, just explain to people how uh, I will now uh, be doing the show from a, a new location. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wherever the hell I want. Yeah, basically wherever the hell if I want. If I want to yeah. go to this country, I go. Yeah, that's when I call the shots. Like, listen, I'll do the show, and I'll do it here and there, and uh, this is this is the way it's going to go. I guess co- contract negotiations would be pretty good, too. You don't have to worry what they're paying. You go, nah, I think we're just going to do it my way. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Alexander Ovechkin's party. Uh, still continues. Uh, the Golden State Warriors, their party's uh, done. It wow. was just sort of I got a casual for them. I'll give it to you. You gave me credit for Washington. And I'll give you. Uh, I'll give you credit for that. I, I thought I didn't know Cleveland was going to go down with a whimper like that. You called it. I thought they'd show something pathetic. One of the worst closeout games ever. Just melted down. That was. That's actually one of the worst like games to win uh, to clinch a championship I've ever seen. It's hard to um, you know. This has to tarnish. And I'm not saying tarnish because LeBron James yeah. is great, but. This has to at least rain on people's parade yep. about calling the greatest ever. Correct. Now, you want to speak of uh, amongst the greatest ever, Justify. Uh, now, in the history books, amongst the greatest ever. And uh, Justify is now 6-0. and So he's run six races. He's won all six races. Coincidentally, you know who else is, who else is 6-0? and Michael Jordan was 6-0 and in the finals. Uh, LeBron James is now a 3-9 and ooh, in ooh, NBA ooh, finals. Ooh, ooh. So, yeah, you don't get... Yeah, See, now Justify gets to be called alongside American Pharaoh and Affirmed and Secretariat and everybody else as being a triple crown winner. You know, people want to call LeBron James the greatest of all time. 
despite the fact if he was a horse, he just would have won three of nine races, which that's that's you not... win, yeah, you win a Breeders' Cup, you win a couple big races. Yeah, exactly. I'm not saying he's a great horse. Basically, he's a stakes winner, but he hasn't won the Triple Crown. To win the Triple Crown, you're the best of all time. And we have some controversy with this race game. So, let's yeah, not kid do. ourselves here. We do, so we have some controversy after the fact. Now, listen, there was a little controversy that people sort of swept under the carpet after the, uh, the Preakness, in which there probably was contact made in the mud and in the rain, uh, yet it was tough to see, and nobody really wanted to uh, to, to spoil the party, yeah. uh, so to speak. So now the controversy uh, is uh, basically uh, that Restoring Hope didn't try to win the race, that Restoring's Hope, whole purpose uh, to be on the track was to protect, justify, and to uh, block and box other horses out, and ultimately... He was very, very successful (laughs) at doing exactly that. So much so that the owner of the horse, the owner of Restoring Hope is upset because he's stating if he would have known that that's the way that that was going to go down, he never would have put Giroux on the the mount. And uh, basically, so Florent Giroux, a Frenchman from France, great. uh, great, Very good jockey. Great jockeys on Restoring Hope. Bob Baffert trains that horse, yep. Oh, yep. also trains Justify. Correct. But if you own that horse, Cam, you don't care if Justify wins. No. You put all this money into this horse for your horse to win at the Belmont. Couldn't have said any better, Gabe. This is NASCAR. You're not drafting. It's not a team. You know, absolutely. And let's call this out for what it is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig a little bit deeper. I told you, uh, Bob Baffert. Yeah, sure, he's one of the best in the business, but he's pissed off people before. Jim Rome had a horse, shared belief. He got absolutely screwed in a race. He didn't talk to Baffert after that. I'm going to tell you that what they did, uh, if it wasn't the final leg of the Triple Crown, when you don't want to take anything away from Justify, Gabe, if that's a regular race at Belmont on a Saturday afternoon, race five, there's an inquiry. And uh, def- they're definitely the stewards are taking a look at it. I thought it was ridiculous. Vino Rosso and Hopper got screwed that whole race. It was bumper. It wasn't. And the thing is, it wasn't just guiding so, horses. So that horse played bumper cars with other horses. So did uh, Noble Indy. Noble Indy got rocked early. Yes. Noble Indy got uh, pinched, uh, pinched in this. It's as unbelievable. Well. And it's not. This isn't a case of like, oh, it's sour grapes. It is what no, it is. It's true. No one's accusing anybody of doing anything illegal, uh, but. Look, even the owners of the other horses and the other jockeys are talking about this, in which Florent Giroux unexpectedly brought his horse up early and took the first turn notably wide before coming (laughs) back to the inside rail on the backstretch and in doing so blocking a number of the contenders from getting anywhere near Justify. It seemed, Gabe, and you know NASCAR, it was pure, it was a team effort. Horse racing is not supposed to be a team effort. I thought uh, Vino Rosa, who closed really so well at the yeah, owner yeah, of yeah. Vino Rosa and Noble Indy, yes. uh, laid the charges against Giroux and Restoring Hope in an interview with the New York Post. It def- definitely seemed to me he was more of an offensive lineman than a racehorse <laughs> trying to win a Belmont. And Justify was a running back running for a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> it actually was like That's, that. Yeah, it was like he he had the ball and he had a restoring big Restoring hope yeah. finished eighth, well off the lead, fading uh, sharply soon yep. after making sure Justify had no challengers Correct. heading into the far turn. They made it too obvious. 
they actually did. And when you rewatch it, you see specifically what Giroux is doing, and he's basically just screwing anybody that's getting a run going. Watched it three times, Marantz. You said it, and and that's the thing. Like I, I was actually shocked and baffled at the end of the race. I didn't want to have sour grapes because I had Vino Rosso and and Hopberg, but John Velasquez, was, uh, yeah. who was uh, who was Johnny the jockey, uh, he drove Vino Rosso. And uh, he, felt that he felt that Giroux was helping restoring hope in a matter to protect Justify. Yep. Why would you send a horse that breaks bad and take everybody out, then come back in? That's his job, I guess, to protect the other horse and to work for them. You've got to give it to them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the fact, though, who else would the... Leopold goes yeah. on to say, we watched him rush up like he was a quarter horse, <laughs> make a quick right-hand turn, then turn left. Exactly. And then he pinned Bravazo on the rail. Yes. An angry Leopold uh, told the Daily Racing Forum after. He looked like a damn bodyguard, making sure no one got close to justify. It's so true. It's true. I watch it. You watch it multiple times. I've watched it multiple times. Baffert has a history of doing this. So, hey, people, he's not going to play fair next time. Be be prepared. Be prepared. Understand what's going to happen. Yeah, you know. If Bob Baffert has two horses in a race and one of his horse could get to an accolade, be very, very careful I have how always, you approach the race. I've always thought it was shady that, a, that an owner could have two horses in a race. To yeah, some have three, you, some you have four. should be allowed to. Because of instances like this. It's, and, a great po- it's actually a really good point. And this isn't an owner, yeah. actually. It's the trainer. Yes. Bob you know Baffert's I mean? a trainer. Yeah. And listen, let's just be real. Owner, uh, the, the owners don't always know what the trainers are up to, as we know. Oh, and, many trainers have been banned for me, 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 yeah. me. We know about, ooh, there's the syringe. So here's Gary West, who owns Restoring Hope. Furious with the way his horse was run during the race. Yep. I have no earthly idea what Florent was thinking or what his strategy was. Had I known better... The first eighth of a mile, I would have thought was a quarter race horse, not the mile and a half Belmont. Maybe the horse was completely out of control and no. Florent had no choice. I'll never know. Yeah. That's. I like that last point. Basically, basically saying, yeah, yeah, no, hey, yeah, no. He knew something was shady. Hey, Bob Muller, I mean, yeah, <laughs> shady. Baffert got to Giroux. Baffert gets to a lot of people. Baffert got to Giroux. He's the Ric Flair of horse racing, Gabe. I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. He says what he tells him. Listen, I'm going to hook people. you up down the road with some great drives, some great rides, some great horses. I don't know how it happened. But Giroux had no reason to do what he no, did. He didn't. No, exactly. Like, he screwed restoring hope. Yeah. Okay. And you can make an argument, and we've seen it all the time, driver slash jockeys, you know, drivers in, in, the, uh, in the harness, uh, you know, jockeys in yeah. the thoroughbred, they do strange things. They do. Usually there'll be an explanation for it after. Yeah, you know, I, I had to do this. He was running out of gas, so I had to cut on the inside here. I had to do this. They help, They have a reason. Giroux has no good reason to explain why he ran all over the place wildly and then systematically, just by coincidence, happened to keep on boxing out anybody that was getting a good run in an angle of justifying. You, you, you said a great thing, though, earlier. It's, a, it's so, when you watch this race again, it's so obvious they didn't do a good job, like, just kind of keeping it, yeah, a little bit of traffic. He did it in such an extravagant way. It was so obvious that something was going on. And I'll tell you, the fact... So even the, Randy no, Moss. No, the, stu- the stewards, the stewards, that is their job is, Gabe, I've seen inquiries where horses have done nothing and been disqualified. I'm telling you, well, Randy this Moss is not says, the Belmont, they, they, the horse would have been disqualified. On the replay after the race, Randy Moss has said... The restoring hope or sort of running interference a little bit to keep Noble Indy from getting yep. up there would justify, but that's fine. It's perfectly legal. 
it might be legal technically, but it's highly unethical. It, it is. It is highly unethical. I mean, I, I bet on Noble Indy, and he, he he was a good horse, but he got screwed. He got boxed in. Vino Rosa got screwed. Hopper got screwed. I got I to gotta tell you something, Gabe. Gronkowski. And Steve Lewandowski. Unbelievable. The, 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 oh, yeah, because he, he, no, he had a, a horrible start. Think he about this. Really oh, yeah, Gronkowski was dead last. I had the first, second, sorry, I had first, third, fourth, fifth. For the super, so I didn't have Gronkowski in there, but I had every horse first, sec, uh, first, third, fourth, fifth, nothing. Now Stan Lew and uh, Steve Lewandowski, uh, New York Gaming Commission yep. steward, said there are no plans uh, to talk to Giroux or investigate. Yeah. No, 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 of course exactly. not. They're of not course you're not. Spoil yeah. triple no, crown. triple crown. The sign's already up at Belmont. You saw it. It's like, nee. it's like ready the to go. Owner, the owner of um, Vino Rosa yeah. says Justify is a freak. He's a super horse. He he's is. undefeated, and it's amazing what he's done. Who knows if he would have run won the race anyways. We'll never know. No, we will never know. But if you watch the race, you can't, Gabe, and you we, we, we watch a lot of horse racing. He had a perfect trip. And those other horses, think about a horse's momentum, stopping, getting boxed, stopping, getting boxed. And those horses, Vino Rosso, Gronkowski, and uh, and uh, Hofberg were closing on it. Like, at the end, not like he ran away from them. He ran just a perfect race. He got there. If those horses didn't have to stop and start, stop and start, go six wide, I think, hey, Justify might have won the race, but I'm telling I you, think, I, I really don't think he would have. I think it would have been a hell of a lot closer. It would have been, been a race. couple of other horses pushing him. Uh, it would change the, the whole dynamic. Yep. He is a great horse, though, and I, it's I, tough to go wire to wire like he did. It's a true. mile and a half. I love that horse. I no, mean, he didn't fade. He just kept going. He's bigger than Secretariat. When you look at him, like he's an absolute monster, that horse. And he ran it faster than American Pharaoh. Impressive. Impressive. No. I'm he's not, being ranked. He's being ranked higher than American Pharaoh. That he's a little bit better than American Pharaoh, even. So you don't want to take anything away from the horse game, but the bottom line was it wasn't clean. So did you know? Like a lot of people are confused about this. They think that it's like artificial insemination. Like so, when the horse. So now, now I'm, this is where the real money. Comes oh yeah, in. studs. Yeah, because they made Stud they made a five million dollar bonus for winning yeah. the triple crown. But you think about all the money that goes into this yeah, stuff. All the breeding, the bloodlines. They really didn't make yeah. much. They lost money on this because it's uh, the China Horse Racing Syndicate that owns this. Yeah, horse. See the guy when he picked up the trophy. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was just thinking about the millions and millions yeah. and millions of yen. I don't know what they're called, China Farm <laughs> yeah, or something, whatever. whatever. But a lot of quality. It's there. not like they only bought one horse, right? So they buy a lot of expensive <laughs> they, horses. They buy the best. They buy a lot of expensive horses and hope that one or two of them can do what uh, what Justify just did. Exactly. So American Pharaoh won the Triple Crown in 2015. Yes. And if you're wondering, like a lot of people out there think that uh, they just basically take the um, the sperm of the horse and um, it's like artificial. Like they just sort of put it in vials and then send a vial. I thought the horses banged. No, like they I do. thought they really, yeah. No, they do. Yeah, yeah no, they actually like do. They, they, they breed. Yeah, yeah, they actually do. They bring in a, a female horse and. Let's uh, party. <laughs> So, welcome, welcome to the horse party. So get this, American Pharaoh, that's all he does. Is is bang. Yeah, he has sex three times a day. What a horse. <laughs> so pretty much like after breakfast, after lunch, and after uh, dinner. Yeah, he has his he has his little smile. Who's next? Three different, hey, baby. three different horses a day. <laughs> Come on down. Yeah, three different horses. And uh, you know how much, it, they're like pimps. You know how much they charge to have sex with the horse? So, like, we could bring, like, we could get a horse can yeah. and bring the horse and get it knocked yeah. up if we wanted <laughs> by, by Justifier and America. So how much do you think American Pharaoh costs to have sex with him? 50K a uh, romp, 100? 200K. A hundred, wow, it's good. Yeah, little, yeah, little, so it's 200K. 200K a bang. 200, wow. yeah. They make $30 million a year. 
and he's screwing three times a day? Yeah. What a $600,000 just from breeding a day. Yeah. Wow, the horse industry. And I guess I guess there's a limit to how much he can yeah, even do. Will. So they top out his $30 million a year they make. <laughs> Even, <laughs> slow down. Slow down. Because you know they probably thought, man, like we'll have sex six <laughs> times a day, a day with him. <laughs> and her public, nah, you know, he's only doing it three times, man. Like, <laughs> you know, we can only get him to do it three times a day. So <laughs> You're killing me, man. Oh, that's so good. 200000 is a lot of screw a horse. I'm not an expert on this, but <laughs> no. he's got to be into it, I would imagine, right? It can't just sort of be like, if he's, if he's doing it ten times a day. Yeah. So you're saying he doesn't find many horses he yeah. doesn't like to have sex with. Well, it's three times yeah. a day. He picks the best of the best. Yeah, so that was 2015 with inflation justify. 300K a bank. Yeah, I'm thinking 250 or 300. <laughs> and they'll make 40 or 50 million a year. Just, just sit back and watch. Watch the money flow. <laughs> so the moral of this story is, is yes. the same thing that we've been telling you the for the last couple of months. The horse racing business is shady as hell. You said it, man. Even you at said the highest it. level. I, tell, tell people about Jim Rome. He hates yeah. Bob Baffert. Oh, he yeah. tweeted, happy for Mike Smith, but I hate, hate Bob Baffert. I yeah. hate Bob Baffert. Bob Baffert screwed him in a race. He took the jockey. He took Rome's horse basically to another state. He did the exact same thing. It's the exact same thing. He won't have him on the show. He'll have Dale Romans and Todd Fletcher on instead. Sorry, Bob. Shady. Bob Baffert gets things done. We got played hard in the horse racing we industry, did. too. Jockeys holding our horse back, probably. Lots of things. Bad training. Game time decisions. Red Heat and Rage Radio continues. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Time decisions, Red Heat Rage Radio. Where can yeah. we get a job? What? Having sex for $200,000? Three times a day? Yeah, three times a day, too. <laughs> what a job! We could just become male porn actors, but you take a lot no, of heroes. No offense, you're looking at me. We're... <laughs> <laughs> you could Is do somebody ch- gonna give me twenty bucks? You could do chunk porn. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> For the, the chunk, he said. Yeah, some people like it a little there. They 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 like volup- yeah, voluptuous. It's, voluptuous. It's, it's, yeah, you're a voluptuous dude. Yeah. <laughs> you're a voluptuous, voluptuous dude. dude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Most most porn now is all uh, virtual and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, you, you don't see the male actor. Yeah, you told me. I remember a while ago we were talking about those sex robots. Uh, sounds like uh, the way things are going, they're they're pretty high quality and getting very expensive. I have a feeling a lot of people are going to want them too. I had a roommate uh, who aspired to be uh, a male porno actor, and uh, he actually did it. Actually, I had one guy. I had one tenant that did it too. <laughs> he actually did. The thing is, this guy was in like a pretty popular band and stuff like that, and I don't think like uh, he told anyone. So I'm not going to say who it is. Yeah. 
But, yeah, no, I'm not going to sell out my buddy too. But yeah, he owed money, and he basically yeah, he did like a low grade porn film, a couple grand, and there you pay pay off a debt. Hey, if you got it, flaunt it, right? Good for them. <laughs> you think you'd be able to do it? No, I I I like I, I, I break under the pressure because no yeah, there is. It's not like it's yeah. just you and a chick. Yeah, it's like it's a people. set. There's yeah. like a camera dude there's that looks two. like you yeah, standing yeah. there in a Metallica and T-shirt. Go. Yeah, he's holding the mic like right over you and stuff. You've got some dude. I gotta, I gotta be honest. You got with some you. other dude with like a camera know, right, right up there. your scrotum and stuff. Oh, no, no thanks. <laughs> You'd be leading over. You got that shot, Billy? Are we good? I gotta tell you the one thing that I, I definitely think, even if I was in uh, voluptuous porn, the fact that these guys and gals can go for so long—that's another thing. Like the stamina of these people, they have sex for a living. So when you get excited, it's like I don't think I'd give them the scenes they need. You know what I'm saying? It'd be a quick cut. <laughs> <That's> it. <laughs> Be like, come on, Cam. Come on, no, can't you go for more than four, four, four minutes? Four Cam. minutes, Cam. <laughs> can't you give me 16? <laughs> what they do, they're all on Viagra. Oh, yeah. It's like steroids for them. Great point. Because they're no, doing they really all, they all, all day and all night. Yeah, they're just yeah. walking around with permanent so heart. They're actually not feeling anything. No. That's that's the thing. That's you, a, you know what I mean? They're good just, point. Yeah, they're you're just, you're just they're rock there. hard all day. You don't even yeah. enjoy it anymore. They're just walking around with a stick. Hey, everybody, look at me. Yeah, the people that can do it are the people that can accept doing it in front of other people. I guess that's no. You bring up a really good point you too. Like couples, do. couples that are in it, they don't get mad. You're banging on because you're you said it. Like you're doing it so much. It's kind of like the feelings gone. Like there's no love. Oh, there's no, no. There's no, no passion. It's there's no one hundred percent. It's a job. It's, one, it's a job oh, yeah, it's, and a hard job. <laughs> yeah, because it's not Viagra. soft. <laughs> Maybe I could do it if um, if like uh, basically like a small I, set. No, uh, all female set. Oh yeah, all female set. Yeah, you yeah. could. Yeah, you wouldn't want the dude there with the towel. With no, exactly. Hey, Gabe, Gabe, great scene, all buddy. Fem- all female cast, <laughs> and uh, and crew. Like the camera woman, you yeah. know what I mean. The grip's got to be a chick. <laughs> the grip, like. Uh, the- <laughs> You're right. You can't have any dude. No, 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 no dude. You know what the thing is? The minute you see dude like waiting with towel, like it gets in your head, and you're like, you're off your game. With the female, you could kind of stay focused and get things done. Yeah, but as somebody that's been in a band before, I will admit, um, I've had sex and I've seen sex in close proximity. Not fun. Rock and roll, things get pretty ugly sometimes. They do. Yeah, you're near a lot of things, a lot of, a lot of orifices, a lot of sweat, yeah, a lot of problems. <laughs> but you deal, Gabe. Yeah, that's the. I think that's the. I'm dying. That's the poll question oh, of the day today. What, I think what, what? the poll question. Could you is, be a porn star? Do you think you could be a male porn actor? Do I'm you gonna, think I'm, you'd I'm be able to be do strictly it? frank with you? No, I, I just don't think I have the longevity to. Like you said, they don't make that much money either. It's like a thousand bucks for a day. Like for the the high, the higher scale guys. The higher scale guys do pretty good. There's dude. only yeah. but dude, there's only like about four to six of them that can consistently. Show up and do this. Like you every said day. it. There's only so many companies. Like there's Vivid and Penthouse, and like there's only like the big th- th- those people get paid. Like the little yeah, guys. Yeah, so guy. Like look, you know they're making about two hundred k, three hundred k. Some of the, some of the bigger male dudes, they're not getting five thousand a shot and stuff. It's just not happening. That's what the chicks are getting. Mm-hmm. They're not going to give the dude that. Yeah, they're so. just bringing another dude. Yeah, no, hey, this like, dude wants to. Party. I had a guy on. Uh, I had a guy on the night show on Sports Rage. I had. Uh, 
What's his name? Evan Stone. Oh, yeah, Evan Stone. That guy's amazing. Evan Stone. He's been in everything. He was <laughs> the businessman. Oh, the secretary wants me to stay late. I mean, oh, he's great, yeah. <laughs> that guy's, that guy's he's always like the, the suit. He's I always know. like the disgruntled. He's, a, yeah, the he's late, always disgruntled yeah, the late, and sweating. You're right. He's always the late. It's like he's the... Uh, the boss staying late. And the uh, secretary yeah. comes in. Yeah, boss, boss. He goes. You want me to go through those reports? He's. You know what he is. He's always in the uh, in the parodies. He's at wicked. That that's, what, that's what I had him on. He's in the parodies. Like he was like Captain Kirk and yeah, stuff. Like WKRP in yeah, Cincinnati. Yeah. He's always like Herb Parlick. Because he can kind of yeah. act. Like he considers he, himself an actor. He's right? actually pretty. Yeah, he can act. So. <laughs> Yeah, I had him on. I've had him on the show before. <laughs> Andy Travis. Yeah, so it's basically like, uh, yeah, like the, a lower grade dude will get like five hundred bucks. I'm not. I'm gonna. You're, or, you know, a guy like him, he's coming in and he's getting you know like two, three k for a day, but he's he's a name dude, right? I enjoy the parodies because it's kind of like comedy. You're getting you're getting sex and you're laughing too. It's a re- it's a real nice blend. It's hard to look at like Sarah Palin uh, the yeah, same way though. Exactly. After. After Lisa Ann is like a much hotter edition of uh, yes, of the names to the sex parodies are the best. Oh, yeah, I know. right. Yeah, the name, the names, the name, the names are the best. Yeah, it's funny. I was reading. Like I said, I've had the dude on the show, and um, I was. Did you re- ask him what he? So you, was, you didn't want to ask him what he made, or no? But I was. I, I asked quite a few questions about yeah. the industry and stuff, and he was talking about it's all business and. You know, they don't like to work with certain girls, and you have a chemistry with some others. and Kind of like life. Yeah. But, uh, no, exactly. Uh, but it's tough. They were saying that uh, basically uh, if you're one of these dudes that um, you're kind of like you're ostracized. Like uh, any all these male porn guys say that no regular chick wants to date a dude um, that bangs porn chicks all yeah, day. Yeah, that's yeah. They so, think yeah. you're a sleazeball. Yeah, so you got to just stick with your industry. Yeah. So <laughs> I was I read an interview. And he's like, oh, you know, people think I'm a sleazeball. I'm really not. I like to fall in love, but I can't because you know my job. And... I believe him. <laughs> it's true though. Like it, I, I'm on on his side. It's like a job, but his job is having sex. Like you know, like. That's the profession. He's basically saying the only type of girls that he can get are kind of sleazy ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they've taken a lot, too. Yeah. Yeah, give and take. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, sports Rage. Uh, the Sports Rage Game to de- Decisions uh, poll up question of the day. Sonny Vega has uh, how much to breed conflict diamond? <laughs> $250. Yeah, I was going to say we'll do it for a, a hundred. I, I don't want to talk about conflict. Yeah, me neither, Sonny. You see, now you're bringing it up to us. We were nice to you last week with the bad vibes of the capital, so yeah. don't talk to us about our, the you horse. Want to talk about the, the <laughs> Vegas Golden Knights? Yeah. How much to breed the Golden Knights, Sonny? <laughs> Love Sonny. Great guy. But yeah, you're the best, Sonny. That's, that's a soft spot. Damn it. I, 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 I don't just want starting to, to run bad. No, you're right. Let's not talk about it anymore. It's just going to piss me off. Uh, Ryan Ryan up. Haynes uh, on Twitter oh, says, hey, and hey, Eric Cohen voice. <laughs> Excellent show. Excellent show. What about you, Hainser? You think you could do it? Well, listen, Marantz, you know, for the right amount of cash, I think I, I bang about anything. How's your... Uh, Stooch. How's your vodka doing? Stooch. <laughs> Stooch says, I could be a porn... Cra- porn. Uh, porn actor, but the people wouldn't be a fan of my uh, always dependable five minutes of work. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> always dependable. Actually, I can't be a porn star. You even said it, Marantz. No, I, would... I got a golf ball coming out of my stomach, too. I'd be like, what, a freaks and big No, but people. you know what happens is, like, if, if you know what I mean, if it goes too fast, basically, yeah, you're humiliated on the set, and they got to wait for you. 
It's That's like, right. wow, we got to redo the scene. Like you got, you know, they build it up. They got to edit it up. And stuff. Yeah, you got to. Yeah. So you need one really good take. That's where the fluffers come in. <laughs> That's what, like, this show I've always found at my radio show is always missed. I don't need an intern. We need fluffers. Fluffers. Yeah, we need a fluffer. <laughs> fluffer. Lighten the mood here. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we need. It's a nice day though today. Today's good. It's not bleak. It's kind of nice. I'm in a good mood today, Gabe. No, the the window washers are outside yeah, my window. Hey, that's why it looks a little crisper. It looks a little. I don't know what the, those guys. That you want to talk about a dangerous job? About those cranes? <laughs> you wouldn't get me up there. I'd never do that job for any amount of money. That is the toughest. You think porn's tough? These guys are hanging on with like like a piece of plywood doing skyscrapers. So what about like a big big sky like uh, Empire like State Building like type thing? God no. You're I'm not, fr- no, dude. I'm you're fr- not hanging from the Freedom Tower. <laughs> Francie, Washington. Windows. I hate to tell you this. I'll tell the listeners. So what, what would you do? I'm afraid first? of a lot of things. What would you do first? Like if you had the choice, so it's like fear factor. It's like all right, Cam. I'm not afraid. You're of either food. you either got to get on the top of the CN Tower and wash the windows. Or, or you're doing a porn scene. I'll do a porn scene before that, definitely. I, Gabe, if I look, <laughs> honestly, when I go up to the CN Tower, I remember I went with my brother and his kids. I had a panic attack. Like I just looked down and I freak out. That suspension bridge in British Columbia, I almost like died there. Like, don't get me up high. It's not good for business. I don't like heights. I don't mind heights if I'm up there. Don't look down. No, I mean, like, as long as I don't mind that. Like, I can, like, I was at the top of the stratosphere and stuff like that. Yeah. But I'm not getting on the roller coaster on top of the oh, stratosphere. I know. That's another thing. <laughs> People enjoy that? I live right across the street from the roller, from the stratosphere, guys. And the stratosphere is like, you know, it's like, I don't know, the fifth tallest tower in the United States or whatever. They wanted to make it bigger than the CN Tower in Toronto, but they couldn't because it gets in the way of the planes. Yes. So yes. they were told you got to stop it at like 14 or 1500 feet. But whatever, it's pretty high up there. So on top, they used to have like a roller coaster, this mini roller coaster, but now they have like this seesaw thing that you teeter off the top of the building. (laughs) I used to stand on my balcony watching the people scream and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, you know, I ordered a pizza once from room service at the Stratosphere, and there was like a bunch of hair in my pizza. Like, you're going to trust this casino with your life? Like, you're hanging off like... You've been to the stratosphere. It's a dump. It's like, yeah, you're going to. I would not trust They also have a bungee jump yeah, off that oh, place. God, no. No one's ever. No, there's never been an incident. I've seen people. I've seen old people do it. I nearly did it a few times when I was drunk. I was like, oh, I'll do it for the sake of it. And then I always wussed out. But, uh, I wussed out big time. That's scary. So get this. So they have this sort of, they have a roller coaster. They have to shut the roller coaster down. But so they have this other ride. So. It basically, it's like a seesaw, and you just sort of go back and forth, but when you go back, you're dangling off of a tower over the Vegas so, Strip. Yeah, yeah, just, just sitting there, yeah, like yeah. looking over the, yeah. So get this, the power died. There was a city-wide blackout about seven years ago in Vegas. Ride stop, people in that position. Got stuck, oh. dangling heart, off. Heart, heart attack. For three hours. Oh, God. I would die. <laughs> Imagine you were there. What would you do? What I'd would be, you do? I'd panic. Oh, I would think. <laughs> I, you, I, I get you, scared you, about the Marineland. You would probably, rear, you'd probably rear, fall rear. out and I like would. freak and jump. Oh, my God. You'd be like. I told you. I went to that. No, like, I'd have. I'd that's, that's where it's your life where you got to, like, calm down. I know. And just be like, all right. You have to go to sleep. Yeah. You have to close your eyes. Don't, like, can you imagine dangling down? 
Like, you'd have to close your eyes and, and just, not, like, not think about like, Oh, yeah, you'd have to stay still for three hours. There's no way in hell you wouldn't be able to do this. Dude, you're so high in the air, planes are flying past you. <laughs> like, you're dangling off the stratosphere. Oh, trust, trust me, I got problems in elevators. 20th, so, 20th floor, 30th this, floor. When this happened, they had the roller coaster up there. People got stuck on a roller coaster sideways oh cab for three hours. Oh, my God. On top of the stratosphere. That's why. What was the moral of the story? Don't use the facilities. <laughs> there was just screams. People were screaming the whole time. They so had, you were living in Vegas when this happened. No, I got there right oh, after. wow. I got there but right. It, but it was still a big I start. got there sort of as they dismantled wow. the. Uh, so they can't do it. They can't do it anymore. Too well, dangerous. The fire, no, the fire department said you got to stop the. Uh, you can't. For sure. The roller coaster. We can't have a roller coaster. It was a big problem. They had to get these people off this thing up there. The fire department. The city is in dark. You got a bunch of people hanging off the top of the stratosphere. Man, that's that's some crazy ass stuff right there, man. It sure is. No, no, like no, you'd freak out. Too. I don't know. I'll be honest with you like, too. We, 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 I, I don't I'd have a heart attack. I don't like amusement parks. No, do I? Like when I go to the amusement park, I get in the bumper cars and stuff. Yeah, me like too, me I, too, buddy. Yeah. Well, you know what happened? Like before we go, I got to like, tell you, you're, you're, there's no way no, you'd have God. to pay me to do like. I went to an amusement park a couple of years ago, like uh, one of these Six Flag ones. Yep. So they had this thing called the Monster. It's in Montreal. And uh, the chick I was with wanted to get on it. I was like, there's no way in hell I'm getting on this wooden roller coaster called the Monster. Is that at La Ronde? Yeah. I'll tell you a story. Continue. So, I almost died there. But when I was a kid, I had a bad experience. You know the uh, the, shalt, the uh, salt and uh, pepper shakers? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, at the X? They're the worst. <laughs> yeah, they- so, so it's basically this little thing you get, and it just shakes you around. So I was, like, uh, young, man. Yeah. It was at Belmont Park. In, uh, in Montreal, when I was a kid. It was just like ratchety old place. Like, and it was, dude, it was hanging over like the highway and stuff. And I fell out. Oh, well, yeah. You could easily fall out of the I seat. was getting smacked around inside the thing. So I was like crying and stuff, telling the guy to stop. But the guy wouldn't stop. So every time I went around, I was yelling, stop. He wouldn't stop. I've been traumatized since. I hate that stuff. Gabe, I went to your backyard, Laurent, with a buddy. And I'll never forget this day. I go, I'm not going on any roller coaster. He goes, just do it once in your life. It was the worst <laughs> worst decision I ever made. The did once you, they the start Montreal, did you go into one? They have the loop to yeah, loop. Yeah, it was the rickety oldest roller coaster oh, in North the, America. That's the monster, yeah. the, the wood one. It's a nightmare. <laughs> I went in there, and right when I'm about to get off. It's freaking high the, up the, there, bro. The, think about this. Did the you bar, look down? Did you Dave, look down at the bro, water? You don't understand. You Laurent, there's the St. Lawrence River. You look down, you're like, I'm going to die falling off this no, end of the river. Not just there. The bar was in my gut, and the thing's rickety, so I went. So basically, it's like getting punched in the gut by a boxer the whole time. I left. My my gut turned black. I have internal. I did, like, internal bleeding and stuff. I hate that. I will never, ever, ever Did you go? I was almost crying. Did you go on? I was like, stop. Did you go on the ride the pirate there? No, I didn't. There's a pirate. It's a ship in rock. Actually, me and my buddy still don't talk it's because of that thing. Day. I thought I was going to fall out because I'm skinnier. I thought, oh, oh my yeah, God, you could slip out. I'm going to slip right out of this yeah. thing. I was hanging. I was sweating like my palms. It's a nightmare. I was hanging on. Oh, I hate those things. I'm right at the part where I'm not obese, but I'm just just fat enough to get in. And once the bar clicked right on my gut, the ride started, and I was done. I It was a I just got absolutely pummeled. Yeah. It sucked, man. I, I told my buddy, I go, you're a dick. Like, you knew that that was going to ha- I go, no more roller coasters. I tap out. 
Like, I don't want to go to an amusement park to no. die, to no. die, to feel like shit. No, no, no. Know? There's no... Uh, like, there was no fun in it. I will me. never... I'm never going back. I'll never be on a roller coaster ever again in the rest no. of my life. It's not no, something I'm, I would I'm do. with you. You'd have to pay me extravagant amount of money to get on a roller the coaster. The closest I get to... I went on that Magic Mountain thing at Disneyland. That's a joke. No, no, it wasn't. It's scary as hell. It's really? terrible. I yeah. went there as a kid and I didn't even... No, 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 no. no. It's a new one? You don't, no, 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 no. This is a monster crazy one. It's like you're flying in space really? sideways and stuff. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. No, no, no. No, it's not good. No, it's good if you're into that stuff, but it was. it's not good if you don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. I, I just had. I just closed my eyes. I just closed my eyes smart. and got through that's it. That's actually smart. That's just what close you, your eyes. That's what you do. Oh, yeah, dude. You If you keep your eyes open on these things, you look down and you realize they have a thing called the teacups at La Ronde. It's like you sit in a teacup and you go round and round. The teacup flew right off. It flew like 80 feet in the air and like crashed on people and stuff. Amusement parks are death traps, unless you want to sponsor our show. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone, we promise. No weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Game time decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio. A little bit later on, we'll get to the uh, some of the best uh, porn parody title names, such as uh, Mission Impossible. Or say a great action uh, movie with Tom Cruise. Yep. Porn parody. Missionary. <laughs> Missionary impossible. <laughs> it's missionary position impossible, too. <laughs> Pulp Fiction? What do you think Pulp Fiction turns into? Pulp Friction. Pulp Friction. Yeah. Pulp Friction. 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 Pulp Friction. <laughs> Forrest Gump. Where's the lump? Foreskin Gump. Oh, foreskin. <laughs> Let's bring it. I apologize. Uh, sorry, Pete. I, I apologize. Lowbrow, yeah. lowbrow. Low we should have saved this yeah. for like what well, we don't have a guest. It's, I apologize to uh, <laughs> apologize to Pete Yannapolis. Uh, he wants to talk hoops. Great listen, listen to us. Let's talk NBA <laughs> basketball. Pete Yannapolis joins us. What's up, Pete? It's all about the Paul Friction. Paul <laughs> Friction. It's... Summertime, dog days of summer till the World Cup starts. Fortunately, we got the World Cup in a couple of days. Um, so, uh, Pete, always a pleasure, my man. Um, so, the NBA season is done, but not really actually. There'll be a couple of couple of days in which the media will will take off. We have the NBA draft around the corner, but free agency is 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 around the corner as well. I mean, July first is the day. So, really, the LeBron, the LeBron, where LeBron is going to end up is kind of tiresome, but at the same point in time, it's going on right now as we speak. I mean, teams are no doubt already in the process of figuring out whether he's going to go there uh, or not. So really, I mean, you know, we're only a couple of weeks away from knowing where LeBron's going to be next year, Pete. No, you're absolutely right. The LeBron sweepstakes are back again. Feels like more like 2010 uh, than it did when he left Miami because it was immediately he said he was going to go back home and Listen, you know Maverick Carter, Rich Paul, his associates, agents are fielding calls. They're fielding 
uh, every type of communication piece that teams are trying to leverage to get in to these LeBron sweepstakes. He hasn't officially said he's not gonna, he's going to opt out. There's still a possibility that he says, you know what, I'm just going to end up staying here because this is home. But you and I understand that probably that's not going to happen, knowing what uh, LeBron has done throughout his career. So nobody will make a move until LeBron decides, one, that he's a free agent and he's going to go on there uh, July 1st, starting at midnight. Two, teams are going to wait, and players, for that matter, are going to wait until he decides where he's going to go. Um there's some key free agents out there. Uh, we know Kevin Durant's going to resign with uh, Golden State or opt in, but guys like Chris Paul, Paul George, DeMarcus Cousins, DeAndre Jordan, these are some of the big players in the market yep. uh, this summer. Big domino effect. You know, guys, so everyone talks about Philadelphia. Philadelphia are the sports books' yep. uh, favorite for LeBron. Yeah, yep. that's, that's the uh, sports books' favorite uh, for LeBron James. I think Houston makes a lot of sense. San Antonio wouldn't completely shock me. But from a basketball standpoint, I was thinking about, all right, which, listen, you put LeBron James on any team, and let's say in the East. If he went to the Raptors, then the Raptors could win yeah. East. If he went to the Sixers, then the Sixers could win East, sure. etc. You know, the Celtics are still going to be good. But which team legitimately could beat Golden State with him on them? And I think the best collection of talent, actually, is a team that nobody talks about, guys, and the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, I don't see how they'd be able to make this work financially, but if you had Anthony Davis, DeMarcus Cousins, Drew Holiday, and LeBron James, that's you, unstoppable. you legitimately could compete with the Golden State Warriors. I think he can compete with them, with the Houston Rockets as well. I mean, to me, Pete, and I know the whole thing, well, he's, he's going to stay in the East because you know, he wants to get to the finals, but he's always losing. And to me, it'll be the same thing. If he goes to the Philadelphia 76ers, all right, they get to the finals, they'll lose in the finals to the Golden State Warriors. I don't think he's scared of the West. My gut instinct tells me he goes to Houston when it's all said and done. What do you think is going to happen, Pete? Yeah, there's so many tantalizing uh, options here and scenarios that LeBron could go to. I mean, I like the New Orleans one. A lot, a lot of people are talking about that. They don't want to give max money to the Marcus Cousins coming off the Achilles injury. Uh, could he? Could they persuade him? to take less money if LeBron comes in. But Cousins has always said, hey, I'm going to take care of DeMarcus Cousins in the third person. So, you know, he wants that money. But I think um, Houston is the one that makes the most sense because Paul and Harden are ready. Uh, that style of play, uh, we saw that the Rockets almost beat them, if not for that Chris Paul injury. But let's not forget Andre Godal didn't play as well. So we know how important he is to the Golden State Warriors. But who could beat Golden State? I don't think LeBron with Philly does beat them. Uh, I think I don't think he's going to go to the Celtics, although Danny Ainge might make a play. I mean, I think that relationship with Kyrie Irving is dead. Uh, he's not coming to Toronto, even though I'd love that to happen. Um, the Knicks are a possibility if he wants to branch out and maybe do something and bring a championship back to New York that they haven't had in a long time. If but he does that, play for James Dolan, right? I don't What's see that? that. I don't. If he does that, it'll be the Lakers. If he's going to go for the marketing signing, I say it's the Lakers. Correct, and that was the next team I was going to say. And again, when you look at it from a non-basketball point of view, the Lakers make sense. He has a home there. He can, you know, the Magic Johnson piece, Rob Palenka winning a championship there. I think that's kind, that's kind of appealing to LeBron James. But here's my thing, right? LeBron James, when we're talking about basketball now, 
He's always been the primary ball handler everywhere he's played. He has to be the point guard. It's non-negotiable. Any coach, any general manager. So if he goes to Philly, what, that, that, what does that make Ben Simmons, right? Ben Simmons becomes a shooting guard? Well, he can't shoot the basketball, right? If he goes to the Lakers, does Lonzo Ball become the shooting guard? Well, he can't shoot the basketball or shoot free throws either, right? Does he go to San Antonio? Well, he doesn't believe in ball-moving offense. It's LeBron's offense. So uh, if he goes to Houston, I think, you know, pushing the ball, Harden and Paul are two point guards as well. How's that dynamic going to work? Don't forget, guys, he micromanages every possession. Is LeBron willing to play off the ball and sacrifice his statistics and, and, and making every single play to win a championship or more? I don't know what's going through his head. It's going to be incredible what happens in the next 10 days. I think going to the West makes a lot more sense, Pete, because when you talk about Boston, they have two of the best players who didn't even play coming back for them. And look how far they went with the rookies that they have. Tatum and all these other guys are going to better. He knows, going, I can't, we can't compete with Boston. This team almost beat us with these guys without two NBA stars. So I'm thinking, to Gabe's point, San Antonio is a good dark horse, but Houston, I think the West makes a lot more sense because he's thinking maybe it's time to get out of the East and try something new because Boston will throttle those guys. Well, it's interesting, right? A lot of people uh, said, uh, somebody uh, sent a tweet to Kobe that if Kobe played on these Cleveland teams, he'd, be, he'd have zero rings. And then Kobe said, well, listen, I went every year against San Antonio, every single year against the best team, and I got out of there and I won five rings. So, uh, you know what, Cam? It, it's, there's so much drama here surrounding LeBron, and that's how it always is. Do, does he, do I think he wants that? In a way, yes. Not totally. But he has to make a decision now because he's 33 and I think he's realizing that, Hey, the end of the road is near. And although he dominated the East and he dominated the playoffs, I mean, he was exposed in these playoffs. I mean, after game one, he just tanked it. Uh, And can he get there being the number one guy? I think he needs two legitimate stars with him. If not three to beat golden state, where can he get that? I think if it's Houston and don't forget, Daryl Morey said, I'm trying to bring LeBron James, and Paul George to play with Harden and Paul. Don't sleep on Oklahoma City. (laughs) Maybe they get something there and they can keep George and bring LeBron. There's so many different scenarios, guys. But again, LeBron can't do it with another star. He needs three stars, if not four, if he ever wants to beat Golden State. LeBron and Westbrook. Oh, yeah, that's a recipe for disaster. <laughs> that can't happen, Pete. That's be interesting. <laughs> it would be very interesting. From a basketball standpoint, a team, and I've always thought it made sense as well. Everyone talks about the Houston Rockets, but it is the other team in Texas, and not the Mavericks. But Spurs. Is the Spurs. It, it, with Aldridge and Leonard? Like it's, exactly. It's, it actually is and a perfect fit. From a basketball fit. standpoint, yes. too. He can do his thing. Both LaMarcus Aldridge and Kawhi Leonard don't play with the ball in their hands, Pete. Right, yeah, so yeah. it's from a basketball standpoint, you get a good three-point shooter that's not 49 years, years old. old. Yeah, they get young. Yeah, you, know, you get a couple of younger guys in there, and if you had a big three of Aldridge, Kawhi Leonard, and LeBron, they could compete. Pretty formidable, right there. You know, they need, and they've got a couple of young guys with Dejounte Murray, and uh, you know they got the, the they got a couple other young guys there. But and we know that he gets along with Greg Popovich. There's no state tax. Does he think that San Antonio has a better chance of winning? But I don't think he does that because I think he is good friends with Chris Paul. LeBron doesn't have a lot of friends in the NBA, in which he's tight, tight with. Chris Paul is one of them. He gets along well enough with uh, with James Harden. Yeah. They're not extra buddies, but they they'll, all, they'll deal. Yeah, but Paul George is the other one, like Pete just mentioned. So Paul George and LeBron has kicked it out there. 
And, of course, KD and LeBron are tight. But KD's locked, you know, going back yeah. to Golden State at least for one year. Like, it's so, there's so many things in the air. Carmelo's right tight with him, too, right, Gabe? Carmelo, OKC. Yep. <laughs> I mean, Carmelo. listen, yeah. I'm not sure if Carmelo's going to play next year. Well, you know, he's well, playing because, yeah, yeah he's he got might not. Option. Okay. <laughs> it's time to buy. Uh, you wish you could buy out that deal. Yeah, he's got, he's got 25 buy million reasons oh, why he's my showing God. back at the camp. What a disaster. <laughs> well, I was, I was thinking of maybe you can get LeBron, Chris Paul, Cousins, and Porzingis playing together. Yeah. You know, the, does Dolan, can, can Dolan do this and get out of his own way? I don't know if people are, you know, if LeBron wants to go to New York. I don't see it. I don't, you It'd know. be quite a splash. <laughs> I think if he does, from a media standpoint, yeah, all yeah. these Knicks fans that hated him forever. Hey. suddenly love him. <laughs> I think he's going out west. You, you're probably not something. wrong, Gabe. You're probably not wrong. And, and it's going to be interesting, right? I mean, the, the deals are happening now. The phone calls are being made, the undercover meetings. Uh, the other team that we're not talking about, guys, and, I, and I've heard some rumblings um, through my contacts there, is the Miami Heat. Don't forget, him and D-Wade, a lot of respect for Pat Riley, lived there, had his home there. If there's one guy that could get creative – as, as a president and general manager, I mean, he's one of the best of all time, if not the best, is Pat Riley. So, uh, yeah, and get Paul he, George and LeBron at once, and right? Get yeah. Paul, yeah, and get back there. So, again, what's his number one priority? Is it beating Golden State one more time, winning championships? Is it building a legacy more with one franchise, getting them one title? Because don't forget, he kept saying, all I play – all I play for in the NBA when he was with the Heat in the last year in 2014 is to win championships. And then when he crapped out, right, <laughs> that literally <laughs> in 2014, that narrative changed immediately to I'm going back home to bring one championship, a championship to Cleveland, right? Because I think he realized he'll never get those six unless he joins Golden State. And that's another outrageous possibility that we haven't discussed. <laughs> if, he, if he joins Golden State, they should shut down the league. I know. <laughs> we're out of here. I know. We're going to, I, we're going to Greece. We're going to Greece. Exactly. Island, guys. That's, That's right, buddy. <laughs> yeah, well, it. Maybe LeBron will shock us all and sign, uh, sign in Beijing, the Chinese, <laughs> Chinese Basketball uh, Association. So I brought it up, though. I thought it was fitting, Pete, just sort of put a bow on all this LeBron's the greatest of all time stuff. And it pissed me off yesterday. Because I saw there was a headline on CBS. It said Rafael Nadal wins the French Open again, his 11th time. And it said uh, Rafael Nadal is LeBron James in a French Open. And I'm no, thinking, he's no. dumb. No. What do you mean? No, he's, he's won 11 times in a French Open. Like, and I was thinking, like, did you guys watch him just lose? Like, does it even matter to you? You know, like, and then right away, right when the excuse is, oh, he had a broken hand. Oh, his teammates suck. And I love the way that Kobe Bryant came out of left field. Said enough of his teammates suck stuff. All right, this guy's a three-time All-Star. This guy's hit yeah. big shots. He called it out. Kevin Durant, a little shade the other day, stating it's kind of easier to put up stats when you're surrounded by average players than to fit in on a good team. But I, I thought I my argument was the best, in which Justify won the Triple Crown. Pete, Justify won the Triple Crown. Justify has won six races now. He's six and zero. Oh. Just like Michael Jordan was 6-0. and yeah. Now, Justify gets to be called one of the greatest racehorses of all time because he won the Triple Crown. 
Michael Jordan's called one of the greatest of all time. A horse that wins three of nine races can be a very good horse. He's a stakes winner. And can win some big horse races, like the Breeders' Cup. Maybe you yep. won a Kentucky Derby <laughs> or two. True. You know what I mean? But you didn't win the Triple Crown. You're not You're not the best amongst the time. best, best, best of all time. You're great. It doesn't take away. There's a lot of great horses that won the trip, that won the Kentucky Derby and won the Belmont. But very few won the Triple Crown. And LeBron James didn't win a Triple Crown. Like, today's media and fans seem to have a hard under, time understanding that it's not a slight when we say he's not the greatest of all time, but... It's just facts. He he but isn't the greatest of all time. He's not. And I've always said this on your show. I've told people on social media. I've told friends. I've told media colleagues this for the longest time. Basketball is the only sport where the superstar player has a direct impact whether they win or lose a championship because he plays the whole game, because he plays offense, and he plays defense. And there's only five guys on the court. In terms of hockey, you're playing once every four shifts. Baseball, you're hitting once every four times in a game. Football, you could only play offense or you can play defense. Basketball is you're on the whole game, offense, defense, the ball in your hands. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, six titles and ten tries. Michael Jordan, six for six. Magic Johnson, five titles and nine appearances. All right, Kobe Bryant, five titles and seven appearances. Tim Duncan, five titles and six appearances. Bill Russell, I mean, he's won, what, 11 and 13? LeBron is three for nine. They've had the highest payroll in the NBA this year. Highest payroll. Most, most players, most expensive players on that roster. But he lost. <laughs> it's wow. mind-boggling to say he's the if, best player of all time. Pete, if you were like an attorney, you just really made your case right there. I'm a judgment. Judgment, Pete. Like, the prosecution rests, sir. Pete, Pete Annapolis, RDS Television, former assistant coach with UMass Minutemen. With us, right, Pete? We got like one minute uh, here. So, Dwayne Casey, yes. Dwayne Casey, hired by the Detroit Pistons. Actually, think he's the perfect coach for that team Great call. and the city and just everything. It's it's a perfect fit. Uh, meanwhile, the Raptors still don't have a coach, though. Uh, I don't know what the hell's going on there. Yeah, so Coach Casey, I'm happy for him. What a what a what a gentleman. Always gave me the time of day. Every time I wanted to ask him a question on the record or have a discussion off the record, he was always there. A pure gentleman. And look, he won every single year. His teams got better. He was in the LeBron era, lost to them. It's not his fault that Rose and Kyle didn't step up, but he has to take some part of that responsibility. Now he goes to Detroit, blue collar city. He's gonna fit perfectly, as you said. Blake Griffin, Andre uh, Drummond, he's going to get them to that next level. He's going to push them with that old school mentality, but he could massage and get them where they need to go. I love that fact. Toronto Raptors, it's, it's Tori Messina or Nick Nurse will be one of the coaches. Masai pulls the trigger on. Pete Annapolis, always a pleasure, Pete. Great stuff. Thanks for the time, buddy. All right, fellas. Pete Annapolis uh, with us. All right. Um, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll tell you how you can win two tickets to a 2018 World Series game. Game Time Decisions continues. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844 844- 
844-843-6879. That's 844-843-6879. The Fancy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. Thanks to Pete Annapolis for joining us. Donnie Wrightside will join us in about 20 minutes' time. We'll talk about Monday's Major League Baseball card from a betting perspective. And don't forget, you can get a 50% deposit bonus. If you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with the professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, Try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches. Avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, FNTSY, you can elect to receive a 50% deposit bonus. Because, yeah, you know... uh, a lot of people uh, don't want uh, the rollover, right? Yeah. So you can sign up yeah, and say, yeah. I don't want the exactly. deposit. Exactly. It gives you the option. It gives you the I option. I never do that. Do. I what? never understand why people wouldn't want to take free money. I always take free money. Yeah. And I'll tell you another I'm thing. I'm going to be betting anyway. After after the horses, I almost hit the Superfect. It's nice to get my 8% horse rebate back from our friends at my bookie too. I'll tell you, they do a great job there. Got some cash back. Yeah. No more dealing with late lineup scratches. No experts to compete against. Just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter the promo code FNTSY upon sign-up and choose your matchups using the Prop Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. We uh, we told you you could win two tickets to the World Series. This is real cool. Uh, you want a chance to win two tickets to a 2018 World Series game, go to dailyroto.com, DKMS. You're going to find a link to a free DFS baseball contest every day. The contests are sponsored by DKMS. We're looking for your help in the fight against blood cancer. For many patients, a bone marrow transplant is the best chance for survival. Only 30% of the patients that find a matching donor in their family, 70%, nearly 14,000 each year, must rely on a benevolent stranger to step up and donate. Find out how you can help and play free DFS contests with a shot of winning two tickets to a 2018 World Series game. Check out dailyroto.com slash DKMS. That's dailyroto.com slash DKMS. Uh, Cam, it's a late night tonight. we got Major League Baseball, yep. uh, but it's the calm before the storm. We've talked a lot about how um, Thursday, June 14th, is Great. a massive day in the sports Great uh, day. year. Everything. U.S. Open, which you're a big fan of. Yep, we're going to have some uh, picks on uh, the DFS picks on Wednesday, Gabe. Uh, it's going to be really good at Chinnacock. We should start uh, covering the uh, the golf tomorrow, though. Yeah, I want to get on it early. Because it's, uh, it is a major. So yeah, good you know, call. We'll get uh, we'll do the DFS on Wednesday, but we'll start getting into some uh, pick talk tomorrow. I, I like your style, big time. And Dustin Johnson, before you get to the next topic, what a way to end it in style this week at the Memphis St. Jude game. 18th hole, doesn't just put, jars it for eagle, crushing the competition, never in danger all day, and he is the favorite right now, eight to one right now, big favorite. Rory McIlroy next on the board at 14. So I'll tell you, Dustin Johnson, really good form heading into the tournament course that he's going to like to. The guy just gave me so big off the tee. He just gets out of so much danger. That's the thing. And now when he gets that putter rolling, good luck. You can't beat him. Uh, one of the best follows in golf is uh, Justin Ray. Uh, Justin Ray is the um, head uh, senior researcher for the Golf Channel. 
So he's, he's just got he's got great he's numbers. got everything. Yeah, he's got great numbers and tidbits. Uh, but uh, here's a, a quote about Shinnecock uh, from his Twitter account: "Playing Shinnecock is like stepping into the ring against Floyd Mayweather. The course doesn't rely on a singular hole to deliver knockout punches, but rather lies in wait for tactical mistakes, ready to punish them." <laughs> I love that. That's great. Each of the last seven U.S. Open champions were in the top 30 of the world rankings. The average of 12.1 is the lowest of any of the four majors during that span. So basically the winners. Fa- come- fa- probably yeah. 30, 30 to 1 and under. You're the, not gonna the find winners a coming from a top player here, a top 30 player. Uh, best score to par in major championships since uh, 2015 began. Jordan Spieth, minus 74. Brooks Kepka, I like. I like. Man, Kepka's just a machine in these uh, majors, isn't he? Kepka returned last week too. Gabe he had a very disappointing final round at the FedEx St. Jude, but also he was there for a while. Like, Watch besides, out for Brooks Kepka. Besides, like the media, well, Spieth is a media guy, but if you look at the most consistent guys, and this goes back to 2015 and all the majors, so for a year, that's quite a few majors, Cam. We're talking, you know, three years or four, four majors. Four majors. That's twelve years. Yeah, twelve, 12, 12 years. majors, three years. Yeah. Plus, yes. plus one, one this year yeah. already, right? Or, Correct. The Masters. Yeah, so if, let's say 13, 13 major tournaments. In the last 13 major tournaments, Jordan Spieth is 74 under par. Yep. But the other three guys aren't big, sexy media guys, but who they're just reliable in these situations. Brooks Kepka, 41 under par. He fits the bill. Jason Day, uh, very 34 under par. Great call. Henrik Stenson, 33 under par. Solid. It's interesting. You look at the favorites this week, and Dustin Johnson at eight to one. Then you have Rory at fourteen. Justin Thomas is a guy that has length too, very dangerous. But I'm getting sixteen to one now. Like it's like one of these things. I'm looking at the the odds of the tournament. Justin Rose, a perfect player for a U.S. game. Par, par, par. You want guys that can grind. But out when we look pars. I'm looking at stats here, Cam, and it says, all right, stats from the U.S. Open. Does that really matter? Because it's a different course, it's a different course yeah. all the time. Shinnecock's, Shinnecock's a killer course too. You're going to need a guy that's uh, not going to so, blow up. But for the record, the U.S. Open is always a killer course, right? That's it is. That's the one where they try to hard, beat the player. Yes, yeah. hard as greens. That yeah. really wears them down. That's why they'll I, move. They'll move yeah. the pin location in the weekend. Damn, right. We'll no. Move it to a trickier spot. Remember yeah. sometimes I remember guys were complaining if it's too easy. Oh yeah, you think it's too easy? Yeah. Huh? If there's a guy at like five, six under after the first, yeah, and then all of a sudden, ee, then the next day, got balls will be putting off the green. I remember when Teeth Goose had one. Guys were pissed off. They putt. Ball would go rolling right off into like a bunker. Guys were going bananas. They're like trying to water the thing. Tiger Woods is 22 to 1, and I don't like that because how is this guy? I, I, he's older now. Like putting together four rounds of grinding golf at this golf course, I just think it's a little bit too much for him. You're going to think he can battle. Craig Martin. He's I know. Craig's right a great guy. I know. He said I got anxiety. Uh, I'm afraid of everything roller coasters, heights. And I'm also afraid of betting Tiger Woods at 22 to 1, Craig. I just can't take him. Like for this tournament, you have to give me 35 or 40. I just don't think for four rounds. He'll have a couple great rounds, but I just don't think he can carry it all throughout the weekend. That's my call. Jason Day at 18-1. to 1, He's not getting as much best, respect as the other guys. Best U.S. Open scoring average in the last 10 years. Minimum 20 rounds played. Jason Day, hey. number one, 71.2. Where's Justin Rose? Not in the top not really, five. really, because he's usually very good at the U.S. Open recently. Brant Snedeker. Snedeker. I'd actually back. 71.4 U.S. Open. Always plays well at U.S. Open. Brant's- Sergio Garcia. Yes. yes. 71.6. Louis Oosthuizen, 71.7. Jordan Spieth, 71.7. So Brant Snedeker came back from injury, Gabe. He's actually, he came into this week's tournament 
128th on the FedEx Cup list. Uh, he finished T6 this week. Uh, it was a great performance for him. Uh, he, he To make some money, he's going to climb the charts. I think the course might be a little bit too difficult for him coming off the injuries. Uh, I like him 110 to 1. Nah, it's tough. It's one of the so favorites. So as, as, as far as Dustin Johnson is concerned, Dustin Johnson will move back to number one in the world yep. heading to the U.S. Open since the inception um, – uh, of the rankings in 1986, the number one uh, player has won the U.S. Open three times. Tiger Woods in 2000, Tiger Woods in 2002, and Tiger Woods in 2008. Tiger Woods. Yet get this, Cam. No player has ever won the U.S. Open after winning the week before. That's dope. Dustin Johnson. Interesting. No player. I wouldn't take him at eight to one, even though the closest, the closest, Arnold Palmer. Arnold Palmer finished second. Finished second, yeah. mm. 1963 at Brookline. Oh, Brookline, another nice course. Yeah, I just, I, I, Dustin Johnson, man, the way he he can play, Gabe, it is eight to one. It's it's just one of those things, and it's like there's so many guys in the tournament. But you brought up a good point. I, I only think I can think about 12 to 15 guys that really truly can win this thing like there's a lot of guys you look at the numbers and go yes 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 it'll be a lot of big names on the leaderboard come sunday shinnecock's gonna beat these guys down hideki is 28 to 1 just the, the putting concerns me on greens that are going to be that difficult i wish we can get more with brooks kapka at 25 to 1 that looks good to me fleetwood at 45 maybe worth a look Norin at 55. Those are the guys I, I would look at if you're looking for a real big long shot. But more research to be done. Going to be very difficult this week. You know how many people entered the U.S. Open uh, this year? What, the qualifying? <laughs> Try to get it. Because anyone can do yeah, it, Yeah, that's right? right. It's an open. It's an open. Uh, yeah, it's like basically anybody... It's an open. Yeah, you show up to the original qualifying, and you got to play. I got to think thousands, thousands, and thousands and thousands. More of people. people tried to get into the U.S. Open than ever before this year. Really? Yeah. Wow. Nine thousand and forty-nine people. That's so. That's a lot of golfers who think they got game. Like they went to what Tony Romo didn't try this year. Didn't Tony Romo try last year to get into the U.S. Open? Listen, Gabe. Tony Romo went to an amateur event in like Puerto Rico and shot a seven. Like he he's a good golfer, but he's still shooting seventy-six. There, you talk about. The difference between being a scratch golfer that you can go out and murder your buddies with and turning pro. It's yeah, that yeah. it's that four no, to I five know, shot window. It's the difference. I watched Tony Romo putt. It's just there's something about these pro golfers. Okay, that, my grandfather you know, was a professional hockey player. Yeah. And uh, he legitimately wanted to uh, be on the senior uh, golf tour. Oh, okay. And same thing. He could shoot pars. And he'd shoot a 69 at his club and all this. It's amazing, and but not good I basically asked him. Yeah, you know, I was younger. I said, well, look, these guys. And he basically told me, he goes, I can't, he goes, I can't shave any more off my game. Like, he couldn't get He past. maximized. Yeah. He didn't have a 62. In. No, exactly. He could shoot 70. He could drop a 69. He didn't have that in him. That Ken. magical yeah. 62. I heard John John Schmoltz is a hell of a golfer. Actually, yes. And he, said, too. he said the same thing. Like, John Schmoltz is on the cusp of sort of getting on the Hooters tour or the whatever it's called, the Nationwide now. You yep. know what I mean? Not PGA, but he's close, close. Web.com. But he, yeah, web.com. He even said, I can't shave those two strokes. He goes, I just can't do it. Like he said, when I, when I get to the 14th, these guys can dig down. Like, Two strokes. He, he just can't dig down deep. He can't do it. Like two he can't strokes get over, the hump. over four rounds is eight strokes. Think about that, Marazzi. It's not just two strokes. You know, who, you, know? you know who won't surprise me, actually, if this son of a bitch is out there, Cam, on the senior tour? And we're going to be like, I can't believe this guy. Steph Curry. 
Can you just see Steph Curry like when he's fifty out there, talks just golfing like, every day? Oh yeah, <laughs> just like draining putts and stuff. And people are like, "It's unbelievable. This guy's a great basketball player." Now he's draining. Yeah, putts. yeah, he's beating down Steve Stricker on the this senior. Steph Curry's played on Web uh, Web Tour events. Yes, he has. He finishes last. No, he doesn't. He's, I don't think like a lot of those guys have tried, but none of them made cuts. Like Tony Romo's very close, but you said he's still far away. And that's the thing about these. When you look at the professional golfers, they just do everything a little bit better. And that's a great point by your grandfather. You can't shave it anymore. Some of these guys have magic in them. They just can't get. They can't get that low. This is interesting, actually, and it shows just how good the field is and how deep the field is this week. Um, there um, are 27. 27 players in the field this week, Cam, that have won a major championship before. That's a lot. That's a lot of winning. That is that's a, a lot, lot of winning pedigree. That's dude. a lot of winners. That's a lot of dudes that are going out there thinking, you know what, I can win this, you know? Well, you're looking at the tournament, Gabe. You're getting guys like Snedeker, 110 to 1. Steve, uh, like Cabrera Bale, 110 to 1. These are guys that usually, you know, you get 50 and 60. It just tells you. Matthew Fitzpatrick, a stud over in the European Tour, 125. So it's crazy. You're getting world-class players at crazy, crazy Crazy. odds. But I'm not going to get sucked in. I think I'm going to. What about Duffner? Does Duffner Duffner want a major? Duffner can't putt. Has he won a major before? Uh, He has won a PGA championship. He won the PGA, right? Yeah. 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 He's won one, right? can't putt. That's the thing. I would love it. When you want to, when you want to talk about ball striker, they, I'm t- just saying, they talk to guys on tour, Gabe. They say he's the best. Like so golfers, one of golfers the with an average top ten or better finish in the last five U.S. Opens. Ricky Fowler. He's actually got the he, Ricky the Fowler actually plays pretty well in U.S. Opens. Yes, he does. He's, got an he's average, a top ten machine. He's got an average finish of fifth place. He's also twenty to one. He's actually not five point seven. Is Ricky just uh, got engaged? Ricky. Ricky to that chick in the jean shorts. Ricky, don't you lose, lose that, that number. Hey, Florian, play that. A little Steely Dan yeah. on the way up. If you've, done a, you've done a nice job, Florian, yeah, with the song so far. We used to sing, Granky, don't but move that number. I sent, I sent the list, and I don't know if like everything on the list has been played. <laughs> <laughs> I've noticed a variation from the list. We'll have to send uh, list part two. Part uh, two. Good job, Florian. <laughs> um, yeah, 17% of the field has won a championship. Golfers who have made uh, 100% of cuts in U.S. Opens they've played over the last five years. Sergio Garcia, Matt Kuchar, Brooks Kepka, Kevin Na, Steve Stricker, David Lingmurth, Lingmurth. Ian Poulter, Daniel Summerhays. Summer Hayes. Who the hell is Daniel? I know Daniel Summer Hayes. When we had the Marenzi Stewart Invitational, he's the guy that gagged for me when I got sunstroke. I had him at 200 to 1. Trust me, I'm so never what, betting that guy. This guy randomly again. plays well at the U.S. Yeah, Open? Yeah, he actually has good U.S. Opens. He Harris, had, England, uh, Harris he, English and uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick. I don't think Summer Hayes is even qualified. Matt, Matthew no, Fitz, no, exactly. Yeah. Matthew Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick, Poulter, you know Stricker, Kupka, Kucher, and Garcia in Matt, the field. Matthew Fitzpatrick is 125 to 1, and I mentioned him a minute ago. Watch out. Very very good talent from Britain. He's got game. That's one this guy who's going to take a bomb. This is a long course, man. 7,440 yards. Yeah, 7,600 like weird. But the U.S. Open, the way it'll play, it'll play a little bit longer than that. So, yeah, you, you, you can't have a small ball hitter or four days of grief. The problem with the U.S. Open, too, mentally it'll drain you. How many big 10-foot putts for par? After a while, when you do that all day, you're going to have to – You're gonna, you need a guy with a mental, mental edge that will never back down. It's going to be a great tournament this week. I can't wait, Gabe. we got the World Cup. Beautiful. What a, And then the CFL, you know, Winnipeg and Edmonton. You know, you know who uh, qualified for the uh, the U.S. Open? Yes. My boy. Who? KP. 
KP. Kenny Perry. <laughs> yeah, Kenny Perry. Yeah. Hey, KP, what's up? What's he part of the field? Uh, the bat, no, so Kenny, like 250 to I, one I bet he's about 500. Let's see where Kenny is. <laughs> 350 uh, to one. Your boy Doug Gim's 500 to one. Gim. Oh, Doug yeah, Gim. you yeah, love yeah, Dougie yeah. Gim. Yeah, Doug Gim. Kenny uh, Perry? Kenny. Guess what Kenny Perry is? What, 750 to one? No, he's 1,500 to one. 1,500 wow. to one. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's with the. Uh, nah, he's no, with. Uh, I was going to say. I was going to say. Is there any hope in hell that that KP can like bang off a top twenty? But no, I don't think so. The course is too long. He can't. No, he can't he do just, it. Can't. I don't think he'll do it. No, it's uh, our boy Dean Burmeister's in the field. <laughs> Two hundred seventy-five points. Like this. Dean golfers who have competed in the last three uh, U.S. Opens at Shinnecock, at Shinnecock, including this one, Kenny Perry. Ernie Els, Steve Stricker, Phil Mickelson, and Tiger Woods. Interesting. Only guys that have played all three U.S. Opens at Shinnecock that are playing uh, this week. Phil, 30-1. to Well, we said we were going to talk about the golf tomorrow, but we just spent 20 minutes talking about the golf now. (laughs) We'll talk about it all week. We're talking baseball on the other side. I don't know. Maybe Donnie Wrightside's got got a pick. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Game Time Decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio continues. Saw the internet was on fire this morning. I don't know if you saw this, uh, Cam, but uh, IHOP became uh, IHOP. International House of Pancakes? Yeah, it's now the International House of Burgers. IHOP? IHOP. IHOP, and like, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so pe- people are like all pissed off and stuff. People are, you know. I, I, we talk about this all the time. People wake up and they want to bitch about things on Twitter and online, so they're all complaining. None of these people even go to IHOP anyways. They're all bitching. Oh, it's IHOP now. Like, I'm going to go get a burger from IHOP. IHOP. It's like, you know what? I'm sure their burger is going to be pretty good. That's the thing about it. There I- was an IHOP across the street from yep. me in Las Vegas. I ate there every day. I know that IHOP. Very, very good. Yep. They got everything. It's not just a pancake house. No, that's all. Like, thing. People are like, surprised. There's a place called Pancake House. Yeah. I- IHOP is basically. I used to get they, club sandwiches yes. and chicken tenders they and have, all this they stuff. They have breakfast them. specials. It's not It's not just pancakes. Like They yeah. have a whole full menu. Yeah. So basically, they didn't change their name to IHOP, people. Chill out. Like People actually believed it. They didn't, you know, because one location. One location in Hollywood, California, took the P down and put a B up. Yeah, they got good burgers. And, uh, yeah, they're just doing this as a publicity yeah, stunt. A, they're having burgers. IHOP yeah. is announcing yeah. they're, they're, they have burgers for yeah. sale. I bet they're they're good. letting people know we're making burgers. IHOP, I bet the burgers are good, big, yeah. thick, and juicy. You know what? So uh, everyone's like, oh, it's a dumb idea. Well, I'll tell you what, it makes me want to go to IHOP. I agree. When I hear IHOP and they got it's burger month. Sign me up. Uh, let's, let's bring in Donnie Wrightside, who's always been more of a Waffle House guy, yeah. I think, though. <laughs> 
Or maybe he's a Denny's guy. <laughs> Donnie, what's up, Donnie? Hey, what's going on? Hey, by the way, man, I want the person whoever's managing the uh, IHOP account now to run my career. Nobody ever talks about IHOP, and all of a sudden they make this one change and it explodes, and you can't buy that publicity out there. Kudos to them on that one. I don't Brilliant. Great, great point, Donnie. Brilliant. Right. No one's, yeah, yeah, we've been talking Wendy's, about iPod forever. People like Wendy's Twitter accounts always mouth it off at McDonald's yeah. and everything. Because, yeah, like you said. Uh, fresh like, beef, fresh yeah, yeah, beef. So, always mouth it off. so Wendy's is like laughing, like no one wants your burgers. It's like, good job, Wendy's. You just fell into their trap and promoted them on your Twitter account, Donnie. You know what I mean? No, I think it's, I think it's, yeah, I think it's you know, a big baller brand theory out there. I mean, you can't buy that type of exposure. Just do something asinine out there, have everybody retweet oh. it, and who really won? IHOP. If I'm the president of IHOP, I'm very happy Excellent. with the way things have gone today. Excellent yeah. day. We Great took stock. Over, you got Kim Jong-un and Trump, and somehow IHOP took the internet over. You know what I mean? I'd be like, yeah, good good, good job, guys. Good good job. All right. Uh, so, Donnie, let's, uh, we'll be talking football soon enough. Um, I imagine your interest level in the World Cup, even if the United States was in it, would be minimal or to none so now they're not in it what's your interest in the world cup of soccer yeah it went from 0.01 gave down to a 0.0.0 at this point so yeah not too uh interested in that at this point <laughs> cfl football starts on thursday you gonna dip your beak in that at all yeah, point zero two in that one, Gabe. So we're headed right down the excitement road. <laughs> zero two. U.S. Open golf no. this week. U.S. No, Open golf. That, yeah, that's something I like. That because I like the back and forth. We do a me and the big man get on, and I, I razz a lot of people up there because I tell them like Tiger Woods never going to win again, and it makes for some fantastic shows, Gabe. Oh, me. You said it. We have a, like a lot, a lot of we our friends. People like, all the time. They, they love me and Gabe, but when we talk about Tiger Woods, it's like, and then the darts come out, Donnie. They, they, get, mad. they, I, they get really mad at us. Me and Cam have been telling people for like three years. Not he's never win winning another major ever again. He He's going to win like, you know, the Shell Open one weekend or, you know, some tournament at Disney in Orlando or something one weekend, but he's not winning a major ever again. It's not a slight against him. No. It's just that the game's passed him by. It's a, there's a new new breed out there. No, I mean, how many surgeries do you have to go on and how many times do you have to play? And, again, the guy is already – I mean, he's obviously chasing Jack. Can he win majors, Gabe? I'm on the same wavelength as you. I don't think he's going to do that. I even got people angry when I suggested if he's really serious about winning, Gabe, you skip the British Open and you stay home and play in the John Deere versus, like, the bottom 50 players in the world, pick up a win, it makes you feel better there. And they got angry at me at that, too. <laughs> That's the best. It goes to the Safeway Open, right? The, hey, I'm the yeah. winner. That's the thing. Actually, you got to actually pay to get in that tournament. Yeah, one thing I was thinking about, actually, I was telling Gabe, I like kind of Tiger at the British because that's the one course not too long. The feel, he can get up and down like kind of a Scottish Lynx course. I think, actually, he could do better in that style of golf than trying to pummel it with these young guys now with that fused back. You know what I'm saying, Donnie? It's a little bit shorter, and I think he'd actually do well at the, in the Open Championship. No, I agree with you there, because when you're taking a look at some of these courses that he has, you know, it's very deliberate what Tiger Woods wants to go on and what he doesn't want to play. A lot of these courses are handpicked that he's done well in the past, like the Masters. He's played hundreds of rounds there, if it's competitive or practice rounds. He's going to get a feel there. It doesn't really fit the M.O. when you go to Shinnecock. How many times has he really played there? And again, if the rough is deep, we all know what does Tiger have a problem with, keeping the driver in the fairway. But the one thing you bring up a good point, Cam, when you go to the British Open, a lot of times there's no trees even on the golf course. You can blast it 350 yards left and still have a decent look at the flag, I think he probably could be competitive at the British Open, especially if the wind conditions are up. He can hit that stinger out there and sort of hang around the tournament. So I agree with you in that wavelength, Cam. Lots of irons, Gabe. Lots of irons off the Mm -hmm. tee overseas. We brought it up uh, just a couple of minutes ago, Donnie. Uh, Dustin Johnson's a popular pick uh, this week suddenly because of the way that he played. But 
in the history of the U.S. Open and have been playing this tournament for a long time, nobody has ever won the U.S. Open after winning a PGA Tour event the week before. So, yeah, yeah, you're right about that game. A lot of people like to take that week off, sort of retool, recalibrate, and get in there after it. I'm always one to believe. I like to come into a tournament hot, playing well. I mean, DJ's game fits exactly what the U.S. Open is. Length off the tee, control, good around the greens, has won there in the past, meeting U.S. Opens and that type of tournaments. I think it sets up great for him. I think Rory's going to have a good week. And, you know, some of those guys that are hanging in the back, you know, the Zach Johnsons and, and uh, things like that, those guys might be able to dip in a little bit later. So we'll see. All right, before we get to some baseball, do you have an early pick? Uh, are you looking at one or two guys specifically uh, this week coming in to, uh, here to this tournament? Uh, the, I, I, I said it for the past two weeks. I, before DJ even won, Gabe, I thought he was the best pick to win this tournament the way he plays at uh, Shinnecock. So I'm going to stick with that. I'll go chalk in this one. And again, if there's any bet out there, I don't even know what the odds are, Gabe, where Tiger Woods doesn't make the cut. I might even be in on that as well. I just don't think it fits his game this weekend, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I, it's going to be grinding, a mental battle. And this is the thing, Donnie, when you look at the the, the odds, Dustin Johnson, 8, Rory, 14, Justin, Tiger's 22 to 1. He's like the 8th or ninth pick on the board. Like, come on. I know people like to bet him, but you, you can't even get me thinking about him until we start at the 40. Like, 22 to 1 is nuts. Ridiculous numbers. Yeah, there, w- there will be to make the cut and to make not make the cut props release, but Monday right now, they're just starting to pop up. Top Spaniards yeah. out there, rest of the world, top 10, top 20s. But we don't have to make the cut and not make the cuts yet, man. It's tough uh, tough to pick. All right, let's jump in and talk some baseball tonight, Donnie. And I don't know, man. What do you make of this Boston Red Sox line tonight? I mean, it's gone. Uh, it started off really weird, and now there's like a little bit of steam to 125, buddy. Yeah, it's, it's very, It still very feels strange. low. You have one of the best teams in baseball. <laughs> Against one of the worst teams in baseball, and I kind of like Baltimore, buddy. I know that uh, Dylan Bundy keeps coming off a great start last week against the Mets at City, uh, but he has been vulnerable to the long ball. Is this line a trap, Donnie? What, what do you make of this number tonight? Uh, with Stephen Wright, so knuckleballer Stephen Wright, who's actually pretty tough to. to we all know with the knuckleball, right? Guys either get clubbed and yeah. they get killed, or yeah, no one hit it, right? Exactly. So. But no one's really been able to hit him all that much. They, you know, so he's only started once. He's a reliever, but he looked good when he started. What do you make of the line in this game, Donnie? It is everything where you, if it's a 10-foot pole game, you want to stay away from because it doesn't have all the trigger points that you look at. I mean, look at Boston here. Oh, my goodness, Mookie Betts is coming back, maybe playing the best overall before he got injury in the, in, the, uh, in the actual Major League Baseball at this point, the best overall. Now you're looking at the other side saying, well, Baltimore, Gabe, has one player. It's Manny Machado. Oh, by the way, he's sitting out as well. And now you're going to have Bundy in there at home. And fresh off a weekend, Gabe, you know, your hometown Toronto uh, Blue Jays up there just put a lashing through them. So they yeah. come back home. The line crashes down. Every single thing possible, if you're a public better, says. Oh, and I'll throw something in here, too. Yeah, they, so no Machado out of the lineup tonight. And already Baltimore, and we know that their pitching's average, that Baltimore, they've scored least runs in anyone in the American League, guys. 229. Now they got to hit a knuckleball tonight. I don't know. Why do I like them, Gabe? <laughs> Yeah, no, I, like, if you were a contrarian better, you have to love the setup for the Baltimore Orioles. In the past, it's worked well. To be honest with you, this year, the contrarian betters aren't doing so well here in these type of line situations. But if this is one that you're saying, oh, my goodness, Boston is loaded up, there's a reason why only about 20% of the tickets, Gabe, are coming in on Boston, and that line's hanging around 123. I mean, what, before that Machado uh, news came out, it was hovering around, pick them, you know, minus 110 splits both sides. 
Yeah, that line stinks. I, I, I don't know, Gabe, and you know what? That other theory that me and Visine Vince like teams that got clobbered the night before with no respect. Uh, you yeah, get kind of, yeah. It's actually a pretty good angle. But anyway, true. one thing: I, the the Orioles, Orioles don't rush to the window. I'm just the, saying Baltimore could be live. The Orioles always get drilled by the Blue Jays. They if do. the Blue Jays could only play Baltimore, they'd be in first place. <laughs> exactly. They always beat exactly. uh, Baltimore. Another number that baffles me tonight um, is the Angels being road favorites here. Why would the Angels be road favorites against a scorching hot Seattle Mariner baseball team? And, oh, yeah, Otani is out uh, for the Angels. Yeah. going to be out for a long time. Poor kid. Until, like, 2020, he's going to be out type deal. He's been pretty good. He has. No, he's been really good. I think yeah. he's given up two runs or less in, like, seven of his last yeah. eight starts. But our boy uh, LeBlanc hasn't sucked him. And Seattle just find ways to win baseball games. They're 17-5, and five, Donnie, in their last 22 games. Uh, and they're home, uh, they're home underdogs to the Angels. So explain this one to me. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting because if you look at the way the Seattle lineup is built, Gabe, it's really anti-analytics, you know, analytics, it seems like. They have speed at the top of the order, contact hitters, a well-balanced lineup. Now you're coming into this game, and I guess people just, Gabe, are looking at LeBlanc and saying regression to the mean is going to happen sooner or later because he's traditionally not this good a pitcher. But when you look at the whole staff for Seattle, Gabe, I mean, outside of Felix Hernandez, who had one good start over the past four or five, you're looking at guys like Gonzalez, Leak, and LeBlanc. I mean, coming up big time and time again, those crafty hitters. But the one thing you have to like if you you are backing the Angels tonight. They're going to throw nine right-handed bats at LeBlanc. But again, you can get away with mistake pitches in Seattle, Gabe. That's a huge ballpark. The uh, ball doesn't travel that well. But just those true regression guys that are looking at there, you know, the Sierra, the XFIP guys, he's due to regress at some point. And I guess if it's going to be that, the Angels loading up nine right-handed bats against them probably could get it done. It's a good point yeah. that the Mariners are sort of, you're right, Dottie, they're an anti-analytic. Uh, it works. Oakland Athletics almost. Analytics guys, they don't like Nelson Cruz. You know, never. Oh, Nelson Cruz is a horrible signing. Yeah. He's never going to hit any home runs the out is, there in that when, park. But when D. Gordon, when D. Gordon gets on, he steals and a single yeah. makes it a one. You yeah. understand? And they Nel automatically Nelson Cruz together. has been killing it, man. Yeah, for Since sure. Robinson Cano went out, this guy is like really raised the level of his game. Me and Cam are big fans of Hanniger, you know, blue-collar yeah. type of Zanino guy. Zanino hits dingers. Yeah, the catcher Zanino. Yeah, yeah. no, they, they're a scrappy baseball team, and they believe in themselves, this team. No, I, I completely agree with you. And again, you're looking at guys like Zanino. You're not sticking him in the three, four, five hole to say, you know what, you better drive and run. They're smart. They stick him down in that seven or eight and say, you know what, whatever we get out of you is great. If you want to hit 185, pop about 25 to 30 home runs a year, we can live at it. But you're right. D. Gordon gets on to lead off. He's going to steal second base. Gene Segura is damn near hitting 800, it seems, to drive him around. And you back it up with Hanniger and Cruz has some power right behind it. It's a perfectly built lineup. If they can get some starting pitching help maybe at the deadline there, they're both pen is average at best, but I like the way they're constructed. They're going to do some damage out there and maybe even rival uh, if they can make some moves, the uh, Houston Astros. Great point, Donnie, but they need a, they need another starting pitcher. They do. Like, you, you get with, with King Felix and LeBlanc and, and Gonzalez. Don't forget about our other boy, yep. Paxton. Paxton's great, but you Paxton's can't just have one guy. Like, no, you, no, you, you look you at the national five-game series. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Paxton can't do it all for you. LeBlanc. Yeah, and, yeah. And they need to, if they make a uh, get an arm, I think they can be good. Hey, Donnie, I got this game early, and they will get Robinson Cano back. That's another yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. They, they got good playing chemistry. Yeah, they they right seem now. to be playing great baseball without him. What do you got? Uh, yeah, I was going to ask you about uh, Madison Bumgarner. The line open at uh, 50-55. Yeah. I see one sixty-five. No, if, I, I don't like to lay. I'm, I'm a dog player usually, but 
Bumgarner, yeah. 60, 65 cents, and Chen. Chen's a train wreck. I don't know. I think uh, the Giants, to me, look like they're in a good spot, and it's not one of these this minus 220. The this is the now one that I'm feels scared. like a trap. Now, they all feel like traps tonight, buddy. I know. This is the one that feels like a trap. <laughs> I'm already on the Giants. What do you think of this one, Dottie? Yeah, no, if you're taking a look, I actually gave this play out tonight. I want to take the bullpens out of it, because when you look at both bullpens, they're not very good, so it's sort of a coin flip type game. I think if you're just going to match up Bumgarner, I like the fact he already got a start under his belt. He wasn't great. What is it, six innings, two earned runs, a couple hits in that game. I think he's going to get really dialed in. This is a big ballpark that they're going to play in tonight and a team that doesn't all the way, you know, throughout the season, the Miami Marlins hitting that well. If you're looking at the San Francisco Giants, is there, they're one of the top five hottest teams hitting-wise over the past couple weeks, finally getting healthy. 291 overall as a team, 356 weighted on base average. I think they can get to Chen early. There's no surprise to me. San Francisco should be able to put three runs up on the board in the first five innings. And Bumgarner does his yeoman's work. One, maybe two runs at worst. But the key is, I want to take this game first five on the run line figure they'll have a lead after five because if Bumgarner's not ready to do his normal 100 110 pitches and he's out of there by you know six and two-thirds of the sixth inning I don't want to leave it up to San Francisco's bullpen and go head-to-head with Miami at that point as more of a coin flip give me the first five innings I just think they're overall a better hitting club with the better pitcher on the mound I'll take a nice three to one after five innings and put that money in my pocket we're conversation with Donnie uh, right side so the major league baseball season is like life itself man it actually um it actually goes by pretty quickly. And we're at the time now where the standings, the teams are starting to look at the standings a bit, and they're starting to look at, all right, you know, these series that we play against division rivals. Like, look, you're Phillies, uh, Donnie. That was a big series when they played the Braves uh, a couple of weeks ago. They're not playing each other again until, uh, like, late August or September. And now, here we are, Milwaukee. Have, you know, Milwaukee had a great start, but the Cubs did this last year yep. when they heat up, and Milwaukee just sort of falls apart. And Chicago says, hey, look, this is our division. And, you know, big, big series I hear. Quintana, he's a popular fantasy pick tonight. This is a game I'm going to stay away from for the most part. If I want, you know, I want to take the yeah. Brewers. I'm a Brewer guy. I, I kind of lean. I, I, I the dogs at plus 100, but it's such a tough game. What, what do you make of the Cubs and the Brewers series in this game, Donnie? Yeah, just line reading there, Gabe, if we're getting into it, Cam. You know, minus 123, it opens up minus 130 in that area, and it hovers in that teens. You know, minus 117, minus 118 right now, about 50-50 ticket split in this one. I've always been a big Junior Gura fan, but again, I like Junior Gura against the lower-level teams. Like, you're going to throw him against maybe the Padres or the Marlins. He keeps the ball down out there. I mean, when you look at the Cubs lineup, there's not many outs in that lineup, one through eight, and I always like it when Joe Madden, which it looks like he is again tonight, going to bat the pitcher ninth instead of eighth and not bat Javier Baez in the one spot for an automatic strikeout to start the game. You know, I'm just going to lean with the better overall team in the Cubs here, I think, you know, but the one thing that you want to look at, Gabe, eight, eight and a half runs here, we know with both of these teams, once you get outside the starting pitching, if it's a 3-2 game, it's locked down City from both ends. Both of these bullpens, very good. You don't see uh, the White Sox having a good weekend very often, but they went into Boston and played those guys pretty tough. Yeah. Uh, 270 with Carrasco against yeah. Giolito. I'm just, I don't know, man. This this Cleveland team, Carrasco's my DraftKings pitcher of the yeah, night. Yeah, he should. Yeah, he's a money burner, though, when it comes from uh, betting, right? Uh, what do you think about this he one? Is, that's a tough one. It's very tough. Yeah, no, if, if you're looking at this game, I mean, the one thing, do you trust Lucas Giolito? I mean, you say, yo, it's a big number. Let me just take a lottery <laughs> ticket at this one. I mean, you can see the Lucas Giolito line, three and a third, seven hits, five earned runs. He's out of there, and then it's a bullpen game after that. The number is too high for me to take or any value, especially with the road team with Cleveland. But I can't just take a flyer and say, boy, Giolito's going to shut down that Indians lineup tonight. If you got yeah. balls and you yeah. like underdogs, the San Diego Padres could be worth a look tonight. They're playing some good baseball right now. Uh, plus yeah. a 145, yeah. Flaherty versus Lyles tonight. I was actually looking at them, too. <laughs> 
Yeah, again, no, the last two games, if you look at Flaherty, I mean, opened up, the, since a young pitcher, opened up the season sensational, but he's been touched around a little bit, especially if you're looking at a gauge of a games, you know, and team's talent levels. Let's not forget just last week, Flaherty's at home on the mound against the hapless Marlins, and they lit him up. And I think actually the batting lineup for San Diego is much better overall than the Marlins when they're healthy. You're right. Opened up around 200, Gabe, now sitting at 160s at some places out there. I think you got a good eye on that one. Yeah, you know, fantasy guys like analytics and all those guys too, but Hosmer, you know what he does? He just scores from second base when he needs to. He's been huge from uh, for the Padres this year, you I can think. follow uh, Donnie Wrightside on Twitter, at Donnie Wrightside. You can check him out uh, daily in the mornings over at uh, sportsbookreview.com's YouTube page. Always a pleasure, Donnie. Thanks. Cam Gabe, thanks a lot. Take care. Donnie Wrightside uh, with uh, Game Time Decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio continues. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Game time decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio continues. We're talking big week of sports. Want to pat ourselves on the back, although we're only like sort of like halfway through this show. Cam will be leaving in a couple of minutes, but Drew Dinkmeyer will be stepping up and in it. It's okay, Dinkmeyer knows more about uh, (laughs) DFS baseball than Cam does. Yeah, Dinkmeyer, $2 million winner, me, $207,000 still left on the mortgage game. Pick Dinkmeyer. Dinkmeyer's a millionaire. Although we're going to miss you from 620 to 7 after. Uh, thanks, buddy. From 6 to 620, it'll be all right. But... I got I to sell those pizzas to pay my mortgage, Gabe. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, so, um, you know, we're, we're getting into the time of the year right yeah. now where you'll notice a lot of people will start to take vacations. But uh, me yeah. and Cam get paid. Uh, we're on the clock. So we're, there's no vacations coming yeah. up here. If I go away, I'm going to make sure I do the show from somewhere. My, my chick's yeah. kind of getting upset. She's like, when the hell are we going to Niagara Falls and to the casino? And are we going to go to Vegas? I'm like, honey, Man, when I don't, yeah, she doesn't understand. I could see your tension and anxiety trying to set up a computer in a Niagara Falls oh, hotel room. I know. Fl- Florio's cringing right now, too. But anyway, let's just put it this way. I say, honey, when I don't work, I don't get paid. It's time to work. We're called freelancers. You get the drift? Yeah, so it's it's a tough time of the year, actually. I wouldn't mind going. I might just take a day or two, but I'm not going on a vacation. We got lucky because there's soccer, so. Good point. But to be honest, really, that doesn't really change that much for this show. The soccer games. games, exactly. The soccer will be over by the time we start. We'll talk about the World Cup yeah. a bit, but, you know, for betting purposes. It'll it'll help, you know, the degenerate gamblers. Let's just say our DFS baseball lineups better improve. <laughs> oh, yeah. Over the summer, we're going to have a lot of room for improvement. Yeah. <laughs> I, had a, I had a good, uh, I you know what, last week I had, like, out of the five, I actually had two nights. It was pretty good with the, the nice. baseball DFS lineups. But CFL football starts on Thursday, and this time it's for real. It's and the Canadian <laughs> balls are bigger, no. man. Hey, hey, radically Canadian? Our balls are bigger. Those are the campaigns. All right. Uh, so um, <laughs> Thursday night Thursday night is the first game of the year. The Edmonton Eskimos and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. We have uh, point spreads, Cam. Have you seen the point spreads yet? Let's take a look. Uh, don't look. You can okay. guess. I'll okay. throw them at you right now. 
Winnipeg and Edmonton? So Edmonton is at Winnipeg. And, of course, Mike Nichols, their quarterback, is, uh, is not playing. And to be honest, I've got no idea who their quarterback's going to be. Probably Zach Mahoney? I, I think he's, I'm not sure if he's second on the depth chart. I'm going to say that game is going to be still. I mean, they can't, they're, they're going to bring someone in. I imagine they're going to bring someone in, but Ed, not Ed, enough time to start on Thursday. Edmonton won 52 and a half. Edmonton are six point favorites. That's too much. That's too much. Even with a backup quarterback. I would have made it like one and a half, two. Like that's that. Don't you think that's high? Let's what's your first reaction when you look at that spread? So I believe uh, Alex Ross will be the starter. Oh, Alex Ross. Yeah, you're going to lay it down with Edmonton. Alex Ross. He's numbered. That's what it looks like. Uh, he's going to be. What's the total? Well, first off, who the hell is Alex Ross? <laughs> <laughs> Better figure that. Out. <laughs> Alex Ross. We hardly know you. Alex Ross. Ross. Winnipeg QB. There we go. Like where? Where do he play? Where's he coming from? Coastal Carolina? Yeah, yeah, good call. Yeah, I think I read about him before. Yeah, Coastal he's, he's at uh, Dustin Johnson School, the Chanticleers. It's a fighting rooster. Well, in his CFL career, he's five uh, five completions on 12 attempts for 82 uh, yards. Yikes. Yikes, yikes. Six, though. Do you really want to lay six with a road team week one? Mm. I don't. <laughs> I can tell you I don't want to do that. Uh, take a look at Alex Ross. Call it Coastal Carolina. It was 33-8, and eight, an 805 winning percentage. Passed for 72 touchdowns, threw for more than 9,918 yards in four seasons. Also rushed for 19 touchdowns, Gabe, with more than 1,564 yards in his career. First player to be named a three-time first-team All-Big South selection. First player to be the conference's Offensive Player of the Year in 2014 and Scholar Athlete of the Year in 2015. Alex Ross. 25 from Georgia, 6-1-205. We'll see. I don't know, man. That's uh, Winnipeg's going to be a very dangerous team, but uh, getting six points on their home field and their home open. I find it very attractive. Um, Friday night, the Toronto Argonauts, the defending Great Cup champions, are at Saskatchewan. I'm going to say Toronto three. Toronto are minus one and a half point road favorites, minus 125 on the money line, over under 52. Looks like Zach Kolaros will be the starting quarterback. quarterback for the Riders. Yeah, I don't know. It was a real battle between him and Brandon Bridge. And I think Bridge was kind of better. Bridge is younger and a more upside. But Zach, they brought Kolaros yeah, in, and Kolaros makes big money and stuff. He does. Argos, historically, when they go to Regina, bad things happen. I think they're a better team. It's the I'm first not, game of the year, uh, though. You so can tell, you can tell Melon heads are going to be fired up for game number one. I'm going to probably say... Um, I have a lean to Saskatchewan in that football game, which is not... I think the Argos are a better team, though. I just like the situation I'm going to take the Argos and hope for the best. Fair enough. Hamilton Tiger Cats. Jeremiah Masoli and Johnny Manziel and company yep. roll into Calgary. Calgary. Calgary are minus, minus nine. nine and a half. Minus nine. Yeah, I was going to say nine Go. and a half. Yeah. <laughs> See, we can make these spreads up. Uh, these I, are the games that I like here. Calgary are going to beat Hamilton. I've watched both Hamilton games in the preseason. They don't, they're. I don't regularly lay nine points, Gabe. I think Calgary might kill them. Like, I could see, like. Uh, Jeremiah Masoli's not that good. No. I, like, I, people are always better. He's not better than Manziel. Manziel will be the starting quarterback there sooner or later. The June Jones offense cam is all dink and dunk. 
So it, whatever, man. To complete a bunch of passes, you, know, Calgary? you gotta if the field in the CFL is like three miles long, you gotta complete like twenty two passes to score. Calgary also has fast linebackers. That's one thing. Like they have really good athletes there. It's a bad recipe for Hamilton to go into that game. How about Ty Cats by sixteen? Well, I'll tell you what. I'm gonna they're be covering. Doing, I'm gonna be doing, it, and I hate to uh, to say the word, but the old T word. Teaser. Yeah, well, nine becomes two. I might just money. nine becomes two. It's safer, you think. But what are you gonna do? Another side or a total? When nine becomes two, <laughs> two. when nine, it's safer for you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Tommy, Is it safer for you? Tommy teaser. Tommy <laughs> teaser. But the teaser song's definitely in piano bar stuff. Oh yeah. His name is Tommy teaser. He likes to add seven points. You think your bet's safe, but hey, a lot of the time the teasers lose. Yeah. It looks so good on paper. <laughs> teasers. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I like that teaser, though, too. I'm not going to deny it. Hey, okay, Cal- so. Calgary just winning by two in their home uh, no, field. So this is, this is the teaser here. The Calgary Stampeders are nine-point favorites. Minus two. And the BC Lions host the Montreal Alouettes. Now, this is the best bet of the week, and I'm surprised that this number is at Minus six. seven. It's six and a half. Yeah. Good call. Yeah, thanks, buddy. To me, I thought that BC should be, be minus about nine, nine and a half. I was going to say nine, yeah. And BC are underachievers. I'm not I'm not disputing this. But they're a hell of a lot better than Montreal. I mean, their head coach doesn't wear a damn headset. Um and Wally Bono. Wally! He doesn't wear a headset. It's like, get Wally. It's, like, like, it's 2018, exactly. bro. Exactly. Even I know how to turn on the machine. Like, how do you know when to challenge something? Or when, to, like, he's just, he just stands there. Wally! Wally! Yeah. <laughs> they got the guy screaming. Wally, t- throw the flag. And listen, BC are going to have some problems. They've got some yeah. talent on offense. They should be able to move the football. Jennings is a decent quarterback. He makes a lot of mistakes, though. No, uh, he, I'm he, not he, a massive Jennings he's, fan. He's, he's, he's electrifying, but also makes horrible balls. Oh, he just plays. throws balls up. Yeah, for, he does. Like, you know, it's up for grabs, but he is a good athlete. He will make yep. some plays. Definitely, BC. BC will be able to beat bad teams. Like BC can beat Montreal. They'll they'll you know they'll be able to beat a Hamilton, a Saskatchewan. They're going to have hard time against good teams. Montreal are not a good team. I watched both Montreal away preseason games. They're they're, they're they're awful. Oh, they're beyond. They're bad. the worst team in the league. Yeah, yes, they are the worst team in the league, and. You know, historically, they always get killed, even when they're good, when they go to Vancouver and they go out west. BC have a chip on their shoulder. They're underachievers. Bono's last year. They're going to come out on fire, and they're going to beat the out. That's So you can seven-point tease. You get Calgary down to two. BC at a pick. And BC at uh, plus half a point for minus 137-point teaser. Or you can money line parlay it, and it's minus 156. So you take the points out of the equation, and basically Calgary needs to win, and BC needs to win. And I uh, tell you what, this sounds like I'm going to have like a, a very uh, large amount of money on Saturday night's uh, Saturday night games. <laughs> I got a feeling. I got a feeling it's going to be a heavy unit night. Yeah, but yeah. you know one thing. Things were going to happen, and our friends down south are going to realize. Well, what's things are going to happen in the CFL later on in the season? But yeah, week one, I, I have a feeling things are going to like go go according to plan. Five hundred pays eight hundred and twenty-one dollars back. No, not bad. So, okay. so all Calgary has to so Calgary has to beat Hamilton, and BC has to beat Montreal. I was drinking on Saturday during the UFC. Yeah, good card. I really enjoyed it. it was actually, I got I got the the old stick out. It's, uh, I got new channels. It's the great. Old, uh, the old unit size started to grow after uh, two bottles of wine. What's with you and uh, we got to get a sponsor? Sleeman's your new uh, go-to beer. It's a good one. It's pretty nice, clean beer. You know what it is? It doesn't give you the hangover because it's no. not mass produced like the other exactly. beers. It's kind of cleaner. Yeah. 
So yeah, and it's so kind of light. You can drink a lot of them too. By the end of the night, man, I ended up I had like nine hundred and fifty bucks on the main event. Ooh. And that was a damn sweatshop, man. Oh, it was, that was a great 40. fight. <laughs> I'm lucky I got out of it. It was one of those nights like I was hammered and I woke up in the morning. I was lucky. Like when I checked the account, <laughs> oh, I was like, <laughs> "We've been there." When you check the account, oh. zero, zero, zeros all over the board. Well, you spent been, all your bullets. I've been known to uh, to dip into the international stuff, and I did. I did at like two, three in the morning. But I still, I wasn't blasted at that point, and I was dropping three hundred bucks on Japanese baseball totals. <laughs> and so get this, Cam. So I'm all drunk and stuff. <laughs> And I look at the score, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's 8 nothing in the second inning. And I'm about to, like, really snap because I'm drunk. I'm like, I just put 300 bucks on this. What the hell am I doing? Except uh, I was reading the wrong game. Like, I got your Mori and your Kia or whoever yeah. confused. The Giants confused with uh, the other team. Yeah, so <laughs> the Nippon Ham Fighters. I got the games confused. So I ended up winning. That was like a lesson to me. I was like, all right, all right. No, no, no Filipino I love you like tonight. a brother, but you got to stop doing that. You got to stop going on these crazy no, units no, on these games because it's going to be a long season for the good stuff. The, the Japanese. No, no, no. I know. No, I've been I've been very disciplined. As good, 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 good. No, that's good. I like to hear that. Very disciplined. I've been more disciplined, too. I got rocked the other couple And now weeks. we're going to take that uh, the Conflict Diamond Golden State Warrior winnings uh, into the World Cup. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear what uh, you guys have done, what parlays you've put together while I've been away. You and Big Man on campus got something going on. Well, uh, to be honest, listen, we're still dealing with pennies here, but don't worry, we'll turn it into dollars. We added uh, we added four hundred dollars to it. Hey, Bitcoin got rocked today. Let's just try to keep keep on making some money. Exactly. If we could just turn this now into something, I like it. No, no, we've been working hard on the uh, like a mad scientist, just grinding. No, we've been working very hard on the um, on the World Cup parlays. We'll unleash them on tomorrow's program. Big Man on campus will join us. Nice. And um, we'll share a few of them. So, yeah, the World Cup, I'm telling you, man, I've got uh, very excited from a gambling uh, perspective for this upcoming World Have Cup. Have you bet any uh, teams' futures to win yet, or are you just sticking with the parlays first? Yeah, I'm going to drop uh, I'm gonna drop some money on uh, Germany. What are they, 6-1? to one? Plus 450. Plus 450. Yeah. My, my, I think I saw them at uh, close to 6. What about France? A lot of people are high on France. I don't know. Look, I'll put... Uh, Do you have any underdogs? I'm going to put a nickel. A nickel on the Germans. Yeah. 500 pays Get back. $2,750 if they win. Deutschland. It's not bad. <laughs> go, go, for your sake, go Deutschland. I took. Uh, I put money on Peru. It, uh, it was. You know what? Three hundred to one. I put. I put twenty bucks on them. It's good odds because now Cause they're one hundred fifty to one. They've won like Listen, thirteen. Peru, yeah, Peru are a dangerous team, Cam. They are, but they're not going to win. They're though. not going to win, no. but they could make it to the final, like eight, maybe four. That would be amazing. That's perfect. There's some, you know, there's usually like Peru or Chile. One of these countries usually Chile's goes good. on a run. Um, you know, Peru. Uh, per, you know, Peru. Peru is a dangerous team, but. If you're looking for like a long shot, I would say uh, Uruguay. Uruguay at twenty-eight to one. You think they're the best of the South American underdog there? Yeah. What else was I? Uh, what about the home country? What do you think about Russia? What are they sixty? What's uh, What's Vince McMahon said? You know, are you familiar with uh, Vince McMahon's theme song when he comes in? No chance. <laughs> No That's chance. Russia. No, no chance. Hell. No chance. That's Russia. <laughs> no, well, I don't know, man. People people are convinced that Vladimir Putin's going to rig it and fix it and he's going to get to everybody, but 
they blame him for everything, right? Yeah. They, you know, you can't. It's not going to happen. These African uh, the referees that took the six hundred bucks. Trust me, it's yeah. going to be on the more up and up. <laughs> where, where, where's the thin envelope? <laughs> That's the best. You could have made twenty five grand, but I took the six hundred. I know. <laughs> what an idiot. But it goes to also show though how easily these guys are manipulated. Well, if this is this makes Cam the World Cup. The World Cup is basically like, I think there's 64 World Cup games. It's essentially like 64 Super Bowls, except bigger. Like when we're yeah. talking about the amount of money that's bet on this. Yeah, well, think about it. Like we're talking about people in huts in Kenya yep. from casinos in Macau. Yeah, the whole world bets on the World Cup. Some guy named Vinny, you, you, some guy named Vinny in Brooklyn's gonna have his left nut on a World Cup. You, da- you, you damn I mean? right. That, that's the serious stuff. It is. So like, it, it nothing is bigger from a betting perspective. I mean, the last World Cup is when the Singapore Hong Kong uh, syndicates uh, got uh, exposed, and um, it turned out they took the uh, the bet, fifty million dollars. Fifty million. Somebody bet fifty million dollars on one game on Germany. On Germany. <laughs> yeah, and they took the bet. Like the the Chinese cartel is like, yeah, we yeah. can handle that yeah. bet. Fifty million dollars, Cam. It's like so, like you know, when we're laying our little three hundreds and stuff, yeah. it's just a little teardrop in the ocean, man. No, no like, offense, it, we're not we're not an Asian consortium game. We're, we're us. Three hundred bucks is still a good chunk of change to bet on a sporting event. It's you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm just I'm just. <laughs> I under, you're understanding. There's big you, there's big you fish have in the guys pond. that are laying fifty oh, yeah. million dollars on games. We know guys probably betting about ten times and a the, game. The referees are only making twenty five thousand dollars for the entire tournament. And there's guys betting that, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So do, do the math and figure, well, wouldn't it be behest the guys that are betting $50 million on the game to, I don't know, try to get to one of the referees? Especially if all it takes is $600. You're right. They're pretty... <laughs> Like, <laughs> like I can see why the they Russian do it. chocolate and five hundred bucks. Oh yeah, thanks. yeah. Like if all these Asian guys, all these syndicates and cartels, Cam, are betting like ten million a game and twenty million a game, then it's worth it for them to at least put the feeler out, right? Exactly. To like approach the referees and say, "All right, listen, you know, if you're doing this game, what are you going to do for us?" You said it. It gets more into the props. This is where, like, the uh, the props. It gets shady with the props. Yep. Because, you know, like, you can bet on yellow cards, Ken. How many yellow cards are going to be in a game? A referee can call a bunch of yellow exactly. cards. Exactly. But he can do it evenly on both teams. All he's got to do is, that, and then the announcer just goes, oh, referee's not, he's calling it Everything. sharply today. Right. Yep. Or he can let it go. You know what I mean? It's like, so you're not, and the ref's like, you're not throwing the game. Listen, just get to four yellow cards, and we don't have to even do anything. Exactly. We're going to hit our props. A lot of shadiness.